What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Misreps Podcast. My name's Kanal. I'm joined by Adam. How you doing, Adam? I'm good, man. It's been another week, another slew of upset games and all that good stuff in the NFL. Seahawks are just up there. But, you know, first, I would like to just introduce like a co- like you know a, a guest that we wanted on the podcast for the longest time. Our man hell, in Switzerland. Hell, like if we could, we we would just have him on the podcast. But you know, the man's busy making all this money. Uh, give it up for the man, you know, the myth, the legend, Oliver. How you doing, uh-huh. Oliver? Oh man, thanks for having me on. I like how it's like a long time coming on episode seven. So it's really uh, fully. He's really trying to hide the bitterness in his voice. He's really trying to hide the bitterness in his voice. He's like, it took you all seven episodes to bring me on. (laughs) No, I had to listen how it works and uh, figure it out. No, but I've been happy to hear your voices. But now I'm happy to be here live. So appreciate the opportunity. Spoken like a true lurker, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Lurker, you better you better be listening to our podcast on all you know on Apple, Spotify, and Google. You know, oh, Zencaster. Zencaster (laughs) is a host now, so you can actually go to Zencaster to listen to podcasts. So hey, come on over to Zencaster. (laughs) I I like the thought of you listening to me and Adam talk as you go to sleep. That's uh, (laughs) that's uh, that's that's what you find calming. (laughs) Hey, Hey, anything for the homies, right? (laughs) man. Like, look, you know you made it when people listen to your content and they either go to sleep or they have it on the background. That is like top tier content like to have in the background. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Speaking of which, we're almost at 100 plays, dude. Oh, my gosh. I saw that. I really did. Yeah. I think after this one comes out, we're going to we're going to top it. Yeah. 100 plays. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. You know, it's weird because, you know, the metrics and like how it like it pulls and all that stuff. I think it should be generally like our 100 plays and all that good stuff. Plus, like the spot, uh, the Spotify metrics have been looking good. So everyone listening right now, whatever platform you are on. You know, give us a give us a five star rating. You know, it's, it doesn't hurt you in any you know any form or fashion. It just helps the podcast out, gets it you know to someone else that never heard of us before. So you know, do that while you're there, whatever platform you're on. Yeah, man, that's a uh, that's what it is. We really uh, we really value the uh, subscribers because that's when you get a lot of listenership and stuff like that too. And uh, I don't know how the algos run in the background, but usually that's how it spreads a little bit better, right? Man, we can engineer something to figure out the algorithm for podcast analytics. We, we just need know? we just need a clickbait farm and like a click farm in somewhere <laughs> in Asia. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So, um, I mean, Oliver, you know, you have anything to say? You know, but you know, anything else before we get into the Seahawks and how good they were? I mean, as a Cardinals fan, I'll just have to suffer through this first section, but I'm happy to listen in and give my take on it. Oh my gosh, you, you know, that's how I know I'm not a great host, because this man right here, Oliver, is a Cardinals fan, so you know we could not have the show without someone else <laughs> in the NFC West to at least talk about like the state of the NFL as it is this season and their own team, so we, we, we're going to get into it today. We uh, Just to give you a feeling of how uh, Oliver's mind state is right now, you know, we haven't brought video in yet, that is in the works for us, but he's... Uh, He's coming in live from Zoom in his bathroom, so that's what that's where that's where he's at right now. He's I'm just DK. <laughs> I'm in the DK, and you know he, that's where all the math. That's where the master plan happens. You know, you go into the you go into the restroom with a book, your newspaper, uh, whatever have you. Great ideas come out of there. I promise you. You already know. Just Oliver goes in with a full full podcast setup. <laughs> Is that RGB? Like you rolled that in. <laughs> Ooh, it's bright lights. You got a roommate. Your roommate's like, man, this guy's up at three in the morning. What the hell is that RGB in the underneath the bathroom door? I might oh be in a bathroom gosh, for two man. and a half hours. <laughs> he fell oh. asleep again, didn't he? 
and he's just talking to himself in there. You know, it's just—is that what he's doing in there? Just talking to himself. Like, who's he? Who's he talking to? <laughs> yeah, it must—it must suck because you thought that you like when we started off this season, we thought both the bird teams in the NFC West were going to be fighting for third place, and so we were going to commiserate like with each other. It hasn't been going so well for uh, for Card so far, right? But Nook's back. Yeah, I mean he's back, but. I mean, I, I should have come on the podcast earlier so that I wouldn't have to suffer through this much of a gap in the standings between our two teams. Maybe that <laughs> it was a little bit. A... <laughs> it was a little closer the first time we played, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was. But yeah, I mean, having having Hopback is is definitely helpful. I'll put it that way, but not a not a problem solver by any means. And y'all do have a uh, in season hard knock, so that's something to look forward to at the end of the season. Or actually, no, this month I think they come out with the the show actually. Is it this month already? I yeah, didn't know that. It, it, it drops either this month or next month. Uh, they don't Is go that all the one way on through. Amazon? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, I mean, Hard Knocks was on HBO Max too, so that's where I was watching the Lions. But like in season, they were they kept saying in season dropping in November. Cardinals. They kept showing D Hop every time, like just working out and stuff. I'm like, that man's just suspended for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the with the way the lines are going, I'm surprised they didn't want to do an in season one of them too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we'll get into the Lions because um yeah it's it's going downhill. But I love Dan Campbell though. At the end of the day, he's like the head coach. I will like especially You'd run like, through a brick my, wall for him, right? I would, yeah, exactly. I'll run through two brick walls for that man. Like that's how good of a head coach from what I saw and from the coaching staff, the rest of the coaching staff too. Like you really you would love to like to play for them. Um, unfortunately, you know a lot of losses is gonna start to take a toll on any team and yeah you know, in general. Let's talk Hawks first. Uh, let's get that out of the way so that mm-hmm. uh, Oliver can unmute us as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven to thirteen Seahawks. We, it was the only winning matchup this week between two, or the only matchup this week between two teams with a winning record. What do you feel about that game? Man, that game was uh, that was the one I was watching for sure. I was very personally, I was very excited because I think that some people still didn't um, take the Seahawks seriously. Um, you know, we had the whole Russ thing. Russ is gone. Seahawks should suck because that's what usually happens to a team that lets their franchise caller go. But, um, this was like, I would say the Chargers game was a game that proved to people that we can play, but I don't, I don't think people took that seriously because Herbert still had his bruised wi- uh, rib injury. And so they're like, Oh, you know, Herbert is it bruised or broken? Uh, Probably cracked. I think it's cracked, cracked actually. Yeah. Um, for for all intents and purposes, I know people are like, "Well, he has cracked ribs, so it doesn't count." Well, we went up against the five and one Giants. I don't know what else you want. Like, uh, they're just basically gonna people are just gonna be saying, "Well, they have to go up against the Eagles first. I'm like, but if we beat them, <laughs> we'll be number one in the whole NFL because they're they're undefeated. But like, what do you want from us? So, really good so, game. Um, we kept the. Like, I told you last week, we just had to stop the run and look at this. Just yeah. Look at this. So some quick some quick uh, notes about uh, some things that went on that game. So two things that we were uncertain about coming into that game was whether DK or Tyler Lockett were going to be out there. Both came through in the game and both were you know pretty instrumental to that game. DK nursing a patellar tendon injury and uh, Lockett having hamstring issues, but both came up clutch. We also had Collier and Homer out there, and both of those guys actually came up big in their own ways. Collier, he had a small unsung role. Homer had the special teams play. But this was really one of those. This was an outing that was a complete outing from all three phases of the game, wasn't it? Yep, yep. And of course, it was what some a lot of people are calling the redemption game for Lockett, all in one game. Yeah, he went full <laughs> circle. Yeah, if you want Dude, to talk you, about that. Yeah, well, I mean, well, okay. So Tyler Lockett, one of the most sure hands on the team, 
had his first drop of the season. Pass or no, sorry, the first thing that happened. Uh, Seahawks pinned deep two yard line. Um, last time that happened, you know, Kenneth Walker got sacked in the end zone for a safety. Mm-hmm. This time around, they do a quick outlet pass. Tyler Lockett catches it. He gets kind of suplexed, and the, the the ball gets jarred loose. And you know, the, the the Giants take over at the two yard line, and then give Saquon enough opportunities, and he'll he'll get that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in that game, uh, pass hit him right in the face mask. You know, it was a go ahead touchdown. He should have caught it. You know, he knew he should have caught it. You know, at this point, he's basically like at the all time low. You know, in your in your character arc. Um, what later on in the game, fourth quarter, I think they ran the exact same beautiful go route that he just said it was a double. It was a double take when they when they mm-hmm. showed when they came when they panned the camera out. Like he 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 did his uh he did his uh he he, shot, he stopped short. He did his comeback, mm-hmm. and the 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 DB bit hard. Like he looked like he was ready to end Tyler Lockett's life, and then Tyler just like started running again, and he had so much separation. I think it was the exact same route that. He ran earlier when the when the ball hit his face mask, and you know, this was right after the Giants came down the field, uh, scored a field goal to tie things up. Everybody's like, "All right, are the Seahawks going to be able to pull it out?" Geno went five for five on that drive for seventy five yards. You, you don't get more perfect than that, and that culminated in that touchdown ball. And after that point, it didn't it, it didn't ever feel like that game was in doubt, did it? Mm-mm, not at all. And like fun fact about Lockett, that I was love his, Adam's fun facts. He always says, "I got, fun I got facts. the stats, man. I got so the much stats. fun." So the drop that should have been like a touchdown, that was his first drop over a 17-game period, I believe. And then oh, wow. for the fumble, that was his first career fumble at the line of scrimmage in his career. Yeah, he he had he, I think he's had fumbles, but he, that's back when he was probably doing uh kick return, punt return type right. of duties. So like this like, so for, from the line of scrimmage, that's his first time he's ever like had a fumble at the line of scrimmage rather than just like, you know, out in the field or anything like that. So like mm-hmm. in in a sense like yeah, he had a bad game, but he came back and he still pulled through. And like the crowd was just like raving when he got that one t- when he got his touchdown. And man, it was just it's a really good game all around. And like, like you said, the five for five for 75. That was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was like, did we just did we just zoom across the field and with our were- backup with a with the previous backup quarterback in, in, in MV Gino, you know, MV like Gino. <laughs> most valuable Gino, <laughs> most valuable Gino, like coming down the field in 75 yards and five plays. Like we couldn't do that with Russ. With Russ, it's always like we have to inch our way and then like we just three and out to big three and out or that's whatever. That's a stat that's defining for us this season. You know, our third down percentage has always been awful and it's always been, you know, it's even if it's third and short or, you know, like maybe on first down or second down, they'll go for a deep ball or like, you know, something that's a very low percentage throw. And then you keep putting yourself in lo- third and long situations. Whereas Gino's just like, all right, we got the script. Like, this is the move. Like, let's just, you know, boom, boom, boom. And five plays, 75 yards later, you know, you're in the end zone and hit yeah. that ball. He threw perfect spiral right in the bread basket. Like you couldn't have drawn it up better. Like, I think it was Jimmy Johnson after the game, said that Gino's shedding this title of being the game manager that's just kind of guiding the Seahawks to, you know, being a guy out there that's making plays. You can't have a game manager out there scoring, you know, we, we're averaging like 30 points a game. Like, we're something ridiculous. We're top like that. three, if not top five in, uh, in the NFL and uh, the top scoring teams. So Yeah. So like, let's, that tells you a lot. Like we're literally in the same area as where the Bills and the Chiefs are. So that tells you yeah. a lot. It's all... At the end of the day, Oliver is slowly dying go, as he's hearing us talk about this. <laughs> yeah, he's looking at it. He's just like, and his face is just getting so raised. Like, you know, just like he's like straining just to say something. But I mean, at the end of the day, like K9 having his unreal touchdown, like everyone yeah, that was insane, fall. right? 
you know, O-line gave up a few sacks, but like at the end of the day, they were like the both tackles. I think the uh, sack was on the inside. So the both tackles are still performed very well. Both of our uh, rookie tackles still have performed very well. Again, we're showing everyone this rookie class is like the best. Like they're everyone's talking about like our 2011 uh, rookie class and comparing it to this one 11 years later. So it's really cool. And um, defense was on it today. Like we think what we held the Giants to about like what? hundred No, 200. 25 yards total like that's oh my gosh like if you if this was three weeks ago the giants would have just been had like saquon barkley 200 yards three touchdowns i don't know <laughs> yeah like saquon was so i mean the yeah 225 yards is what this defense allowed over the the uh, net yards is what they allowed over the entire game you know and that's uh subtracting out i think sacks and tackles for losses um 78 yards rushing and the giants are averaging 173 and mind you danny jones has like his legs himself and um, I think Saquon over the entire game only had 53 of those 78 yards. I don't have it written down here in front of me. And I think Danny had like the other 25 in form of like, you know, design runs and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Saquon did 53 yards over like 22 attempts or something like that. He only had like 2.7. He was averaging 2.7 yards a carry. Like that's unheard of, right? Because or for, for how good Saquon has been this year, he has been, you know, the Saquon of old, you know, he, he had that year, he had that bad injury. He had the year period in between, and it looks like he's getting back to where he is, but held to just 53 yards. And to wrap, to round things off, you know, the defense had five sacks. I think Uchenna Nwosu had two of them. Um, and like fun fact about Uchenna Nwosu, I think he leads the leagues right now in like pressures. pressures. Mm-hmm. I think he's got 21, which is insane. You know, as a free agent pickup, that's like a home run, right? I think we uh, even like one season had like a total of like 13 or so QB pressures one year. And now like one person's getting yeah. all these pressures. Themselves. I think Quentin, I think the, uh, I can't remember. I, I want to say, I don't know if it's Quentin Jefferson. It was, I think it was someone else, but the, for the entire season, the last year had 15 pressures. And I think that was like, that led our team. And, you know, um, Uchenna knows who's already got 21 or something like that. <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah, well, like, the defense is flying, man. But yeah, talk about the rest. Like, you know, we even had a rookie come out there and, you know, get his first sack of the season. Yeah, boy, Mafe, you know, I, I thought he had his first sack last week or the week before, but he came out this week. He got his first sack, and he loved to see it. That's one of the, our members of our rookie class, I think our second-round pick. Mm-hmm. He came in. He um, he just executed. Uh, I think Darrell Taylor was injured. I think he uh, he had a, he has a hip issue. He has mm-hmm. a hip injury. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Irvin got a lot of snaps. And, you know, Bruce Irvin, you know, this is did, now. Did you see that man flying on the field? Bruce dude, Irvin? I was like, yo. They look shell-shocked. That was crazy. I hadn't seen that Bruce Irvin since, like, maybe 2013, 2014. Yeah, but cause... you remember we we signed him uh, before he went and had his whole deal with the Raiders. We signed him one season. Then he just got injured in the beginning of the season. Then he was just out, and he was just on our injury, like, the so whole So I think that was – so he's had three – this is now his third stint with us, right? So he had yeah. his rookie period. So I think we had him for five years, and then I think we let him go. Yep. And then he went to the Raiders and then we had him last year and I think he got injured like pretty immediately. And then it was a one year deal. Man. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> so like one play that I loved that he had, cause he was, he, he was make, he was, he basically set up shop in the backfield for, uh, in the, in the giants backfield. But there's one play where, um, he like, he, he timed his run perfectly where he just squeezed right through between giants, uh, the, I think the Giants t- tackle and uh, extra lineman. Mm-hmm. And he just, he, uh, Danny Jones handed off the ball to Saquon. Bruce Irvin just went up, pushed Danny Jones 
into Saquon Barkley and got a tackle for a loss like that. That's like one of those plays that you see that, you you know, everybody on the sideline was hyped, hyped up when they saw that he used Danny Jones as a weapon to tackle to tackle Saquon Barkley. That's the best time to use Danny Jones. Just throw him into his other players. man. (laughs) (laughs) But you were talking about it last week, like you said, and it came down to the Seahawks came up very effectively against the run. And when it came time for them to pass, like the, the Giants couldn't do anything. I mean, they had Darius Slayton. They had opportunities to pass. Mm-hmm. But in the first half, I wrote this down too. They only had a they had a whole 17 yards passing in the first half. Well, we're, Wait, I mean, are you like, serious? Yeah, in the first half. I mean, a lot of those yards came in the in the second half, you know, on that drive. It was, that, a, it was a very defensive game. I forgot about that. That's right. It was because it was defense, like 13-13 or 10-10 for like a minute. Yeah. And um, part of that, I think, is because, you know, Tariq Woolen, didn't get a pick today, and I, I wrote it down, and that's a good thing. And then the reason why I wrote that down, quarterbacks aren't even bothering to look at that side of the field anymore. That's it, yeah, that's a, that's a great it, thing because I uh, mean that side of the field is it, it's basically. Mm-hmm. I think Sauce lives on the opposite side. I think that's he he. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at it from the offense's perspective, he's on the mm-hmm. right. I think Tariq is on the left, but you know, a case could be made for maybe switching things up. There, but there was a lot of statistics. There's statistics between those two going right now, and like one of it was just at one point it was just like no one's throwing towards Sauce, and like you know he, in terms of like um, the amount of yards that he has given up and all this type of stuff and blah blah blah. So I mean, like if we're getting to a point where like hey, throw away from him, I mean that's even better because like now you're gonna test our you, other corner. <laughs> yeah, and you know we got Trey Brown coming back. We had Sidney Jones. I think you know today's big news is you know the trade deadline. Sidney Jones was released. Um, but I think that's because Mike Jackson had, a, had he had a fucking game last. Oh, <laughs> Mike Jackson! Like the, this is just like we're like at this point to all the fans, we're just roster baiting at this point because like <laughs> it's, you you see the rookie class that we have. We came in after a big trade. We and we even gained. I feel like we just gained more out of that trade than we lost. Like a lot of people thought, like oh, without Russ, you're nothing. But it's like without Russ, like we can Weird. move forward. I won't say we're Dobby nothing is free. Russ, but, <laughs> yeah, at the very least, but let the Broncos be the Broncos over there but like right now right here like I'm I'm with this Seahawks team I want to see where it goes and you know especially in the offseason because both Gino and Drew Locke are still on those one-year contracts I haven't seen a contract change for Gino yet but if he can like make up besides being the comeback player of the year that's gonna ha- he's gonna be given that if he can get MVP I think we're gonna sign to like a, a three-year deal like a big three-year deal and that's it Unless they keep going like one to two afterward, you think he's taking my, uh, three years? If if he gets MVP, do you think he's taking three years? Yeah, because uh, you can. I can see him getting a, a big three year contract. Like it's not like you have to think about like the uh, the APY of like twenty something million. I don't know. I wouldn't go that high personally. I would keep it to like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You know, out of respect, twenty is pretty reasonable. 20 is reasonable. You're not too high. You're not too low to like, you know, disrespect him. And then boom, you can give him like a big. Free, and they and can like, do what they did with like they did with Kirk Cousins. You know, I don't mind guaranteeing a Gino contract for fully no, guaranteed contract. Yeah. Why not? You know, I know. I mean, a lot can happen two, three years from now, but um, I think he's kind of earned that at this point. If he t- if he's willing to take a, a lower APY, it allows to build around him. And I think as a quarterback or as a person, he's a little bit more receptive to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been seven years as a backup. So I, I mean, he's younger than Russell well. Wilson. This is your friendly reminder. He's two years younger than Russell Wilson. Right. Exactly. Um, other things that I wanted to bring up on that uh, defense, um, you know, it's always with the way things are right now, it's always worth noting that, you know, I think we came out relatively healthy, which is good. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that we, we, uh, 
we get to at least a bye week without any major injuries. Um, yeah. Ryan Neal pulled up with a leg issue, kind of scared everyone, but it turns out to be just like cramps. Um, other than that, I think something that you like harping on every week, special teams. How do you feel about special teams? Special this teams week? is great. Will Disley is a force to be reckoned with. And like, I was enjoying like the fact that we were doing stuff on special teams too. That's all I care about. Even if you're middling at special teams, I don't want you to be bad at special teams because you can lose games at special teams. And I know someone, I know all three of us know of like teams where they, they were firing the cylinders on both offense and defense, but somehow they still lost because of special teams. So I'm glad that we improved there. I'm glad, you know, I can't ask for too for much on special teams besides, hey, uh, hey, Mike, you know, you know, uh, Dixon, you know, just punt the ball and, you know, keep it within the 10 yard or, you know, red zone or whatever like that every time and everyone get your tackles, right? I, I'm just asking for like what you're supposed to do, but not everyone's excelling. So that's just me. I'm glad the special team's getting a lot better. We're improving there because I think that also contributed to uh, the score and all that today. Yeah, I mean, without those two um, turnovers, I mean, the on the other side of the ball, the Giants wouldn't have scored without their turnover either. It just it was just one of those days, you know, having two muff punts or not. I wouldn't even call them muff punts. They they were returns that were, you know, for, they were fumbles that were forced. Will Disley forced the first one, and I think uh, I think Joey Blunt came up with him with it. With I think he was one of our recent acquisitions. Um, for uh, I think or yeah, I think we signed him pretty recently. I think his first game was last week. I think he came up with a fumble in that time. Second time, Travis Homer came in like a rocket and just jarred that ball loose and gave. <laughs> I think he gave Richie James Jr. a concussion. <laughs> I think, yeah, which oh, which we hate man. laughing at, but that's how hard he got hit. Oh man, I, well, that was the one where we uh we just ran like straight, like as if they were racing, right? Was it this game or was it like game before? It's starting to kind of fuse together. Yeah, like, I think that was the last game where it was like uh, Joey Blunt and someone else were just like sprinting down the field, and they both got clocked in at like twenty one miles or twenty two miles an hour. Oh, it was man. ridiculous. But I do believe those two turnovers on the special teams that definitely helped us out a lot. Um, but again, like like I said last week, you stop the run, make Daniel Jones have to throw because even the Giants know. Okay, Daniel Jones is not the hero of the team. He may not even get another contract with the team. We're going to see. That's why they're doing so well. They have to do well this year. Daniel Jones, you're gone. But, you know, they're basically running the ball, and it's like, hey, we need you to just be a Tannehill or maybe a Kirk, well, like a minor Kirk Cousins. Like, don't do too much and all that stuff. And then, look, they're winning games like they should have been doing. You like that? You like that? You like that? You like that? Brian Double knows better than everyone, anyone, like, what limitations are for for Danny Jones. And they've been game planning it, you know, accordingly. And I think that you can't – you can't uh, say enough how much of an impact Saquon Barkley coming back to full strength has had. Um, coming- shout, out to all, shout out to all New York teams because they're all firing on cylinders this season, which is weird. I never thought I would see a season where <laughs> the Bills, the Giants, and the Jets potentially could all be in the playoffs. Yeah, right. and yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, and Patriots aren't doing that well either. So if you want to add another wrinkle, maybe they don't make the playoffs in like in the first time in like forever, right? <laughs> right. Or maybe they didn't make a playoffs like one year recently, but they've been they're always they've been, up they've there. been out before. But it's very like it's like like you can count on one hand the times they just didn't make it to playoffs in like the past what ten years. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, before we go and talk about next week's matchup, one th- I wanted to come back to that uh, Tyler Lockett's redemption story. Um, during that, I think that spoke. I think the thing I got out of that the most is like the resiliency of this team. Because they kept panning to Tyler on the sidelines, and he looked like he uh, he needed to be talked off a ledge type of thing, right? 
but the entire team rallied around him. Like Pete Carroll came up to him, you know, at the press conference. Um, you know, Tyler's down. Uh, reporter asked Pete, "What'd you go say to Tyler Lockett?" He just he Pete just says, "I went up to Tyler and I said, you're the best wide receiver I've ever coached.'" And you know, just everybody seems to be bought into this culture, right? And it just there's just seems to be a huge culture reset ever since um, ever since the uh, ever since the season started. Everybody seems to um, to be playing, you know, uh, selflessly. And you just love seeing that as a fan because, you know, the, the, the players that are out there are mirroring like the passion that you have on the sideline, right? Like we were talking about it during the Chargers game when uh, when Gino was like, you know, Pete was like, calm down, Gino. <laughs> like, it's just more of that. Um, and you saw it too when in the in the post-game press conference too uh, when you had three guys up on the on the podium with uh, which was uh, Gino, DK, and Tyler. Oh and, man, that was such a fun like post game thing, right? Yeah, there, I retweeted man. all of them. If you're if you if you don't follow us on our socials, you know at Miss Rips on Twitter as well as uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I I do a lot of the Twitter stuff, and I was having a goddamn field day with all the stuff that was coming out. Anytime <laughs> the Seahawks win, you know I'm having a goddamn field this day. This man Canal just said like I am not Canal anymore when I am behind this Miss Rips podcast. I transcend. I transcended <laughs> that like that layer of humanity <laughs> to say whatever I want to say. <laughs> yeah. All right, coming coming into next week's matchup, Oliver, you can uh, finally unmute us because we're done roster baiting over here. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got the Cardinals next week. You know, uh, Seahawks took the first one. I think it was a close matchup. I don't remember the final score, but or maybe it was like a two score win. It wasn't like a blowout or anything ridiculous like that. Uh, you guys didn't have uh, you didn't have Hop in there. Uh, he's back. Seems like you guys have been firing a little bit better. Um, how do you feel about the team? I mean, it's it's been. Tell a us pretty... how you really feel. Don't give us the don't give us the, uh, the the whitewashed version that you would get on ESPN. Just say if you feel like this is trash, feel us say it's trash. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's the I think the biggest issue like this season has been like a lot of the mistakes that they're making this year round are the same mistakes from like year one of like Cliff Kingsbury, right? And it's like it's one thing to have a bunch of talent and, you know, go through a game and just constantly feel like it's being held back in some way, shape or form if it's year one, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, you start to expect better clock management, better, you know, you know, less penalties. You kind of expect those kind of small pieces to start coming together as more and more years come together. Right. And I think last year, you know, there was that big push from all of the media of like the records improved every year under Cliff Kingsbury. Right. And I think I was telling you, Canal, before that, you know, if you really watched those undefeated games at the beginning of last season, I think everyone saw the the cracks in the in the record, right? It was never as as great as it seemed. I think, you know, it took a missed, I think, Vikings field goal early on in the season. And then, you know, there was that talk of if AJ Green just turns around in the end zone at the in the Packers game, you know, we continue that streak. But, you know, it's just those things where, you know, it, if it were season one, you'd be like, oh, okay, we can totally build on this. But now you're starting to, you know, reach second and third and fourth seasons where it's just like, if we keep making these mistakes, you know, at what point do we reset, right? Not even because we're being held back, but the the, the team is too talented, I think, to have the record that they have right now in the so, current state of the NFC, especially. So where along the, um, you know, where along the hierarchy do you, do you think that's uh, an issue? Um. I think it's it's definitely starts at the GM, right? I think I I can appreciate that they pulled the plug on Josh Rosen, like basically just said, hey, we messed up, you know, after one year, like let's go with Kyler. Um, 
But I think the fact that we haven't surrounded him with, I think, a, a solid enough roster for someone on their rookie deal. And, you know, he, as you all saw, he got his, his big contract now in the offseason, right? So you start entering that that part where you have to be a little bit more selective with the roster, right? And I think I don't trust our GM to do that, right? Yeah, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't do it with a rookie Kime. contract. Yeah, yep. Steve Kime is your GM, and we'll see how that goes. Because I think, like, one thing I saw between, like, McKingleberry and Murray, uh, I think last week or the week before, right, was that they were arguing on the field. And, like, you could literally see, like, what, like, Kyler was saying. Like, bro, like, like bro, come on. Like, let's go. I was just like, what's going on? He was like, bro, on? come on. It's a double XP night. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go home. Like, I got to go get this XP. I got to be at the top. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's, that's just been the most annoying thing because there's been so much scrutiny on that bit. But, you know, those are the exact things, right? Like, it's it, when you come out of half and it, on your first drive, you're burning timeouts. You can't get plays in. Like those are the moments where, to me, those are the clearest signs of something not going right, just overall, right? I think it's really hard in those moments to pin it on, you know, is Kyler not getting the, you know, read in quick enough? What what's going on? But the amount of times where you just burn that that timeout in the first drive, and then you can just, as a fan at this point, you just know, okay, in that last play scramble where Murray is inevitably going to take a sack, we're just going to watch the clock you know, run off because we won't have this timeout. And we saw it last week, right? He, we have the, you know, miracle play that we need from him and he ends up face down on the turf and we can't stop the clock, can't get the play set. So it just ends in this, you know, um, electric moment before the sack, which is kind of like the the culmination of what the season has really felt like. So, you know, I don't think we have, uh, I think we have a stretch of three divisional games, right? Kicking mm-hmm. off now with uh, the Seahawks, obviously. So, I think it'll be a good test of just, you know, start to kind of measure yourself within the division, especially now that uh, the trade deadline is passed, right? I mean, TMC's in the division, so there is a little bit of a reshuffling, but um, I, I don't think fans have a big, uh, you know, a lot of expectations, especially because, you know, Sean McVay has Cliff Kingsbury's number. I don't think we've, you know, won against him maybe once if we were lucky, something like that. You know, Seahawks, I feel like used to be kind of the joke of the 50-50 split. Like, we win at your house, you win at ours type of deal for, you know, the Arians years. But that hasn't been, you know, true recently. So, you know, it, it's difficult. But um, I'm excited to see us match up against a, a team for the second time to also see the difference between, you know, game one and game two. And like you said, Nuke coming back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess like now, like, what do you think that, in your upcoming off season for the Cardinals. Let's just get this out the way too. Like, what do you kind of see happen? Do you see like a shuffle in the coaching staff? If not GM, do you, I know you can't really get rid of like Kyler. You're you, you guys are like set with Kyler, whether you like it or not. So like, what, like, what do you think is going to be like the focus in the off season going forward? I'm pretty sure both the GM and Cliff got extensions. So I think the, the thought here is that we are at least going to be continuing through, you know, the, I'll say the near future, right? Because of that. And I mean, we still have, you know, Steve Wilkes contract on the books, right? And I think owners are always a little hesitant to, you know, start paying out two and three contracts of people that aren't even, you know, on the sidelines on Sunday. So I think that's kind of the big one. On the other hand, I mean, we have our entire left side of the line and center out that, you know, for the past couple of weeks. So it's, it's that moment as a fan where you're like, you know, if we were healthy, would this be coming together? But, 
you, you know, it's uh, when so many things are questionable, I think that's when you really need to start looking at, you know, the higher level above the players. And that's where I think it starts coming down to, to GM and coaching. So, you know, ideally that would be addressed, but I, I just don't think given the current contract situations that that's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm happy to move forward with Kyler. You know, I think a lot of his, I'll say issues are overblown. I know he has quite a bit, I think, to, to catch up on, but, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think it's like something where we grossly overpaid and we're going to be, you know, stuck with an absolute albatross of a, of a contract with him. Right. So it, it's a little bit of a, I'll say, you know, obviously you look in the division and you see someone like the Seahawks that made some, you know, relatively surface level, simple, you know, seeming moves and mm -hmm. turned it around relatively quickly. But, you know, again, that takes a pretty solid organization, which I just don't think the Cardinals have um, to be able to do that right now. And, and you touched on you touched on the point earlier, too, that, um, you know, now that Kyler has his new contract, even though it's not as egregious as some of these other co contracts that are out there, you do lose that flexibility to go, you know, you know, make plays for like free agents that, you know, we want to take risks on, see how well they gel in the team. And um, if you don't, you know, if they don't gel, cut your losses, you have to you have to kind of hit home runs now with with the, the way that the economics of the situation are right. Yeah. And I mean, Kime was, is known for his, I'll say, you know, veteran one year contracts, right? I think, you know, we saw it a lot during the Arians years where he would get a, you know, plug and play player. So the hope is that, you know, that would hit. I think one of the good things that happened is we got, you know, Hollywood Brown on draft night, you know, we gave up our first, it's a little bit of a, you know, bittersweet because the, the center that the, um, Ravens took is just falling out, right? And that's very much a need that we have, especially with the the injured, you know, starting center that we have most likely to retire this offseason. And that's just a notoriously difficult position to fill. So I think you you look at a very flashy weapon like Hollywood and you're like, oh man, I'm so glad to have him on the team. But at the same time, you look at the, you know, I'll say less sexy position of offensive line and think that's probably what we really needed if we're being, you know, very frank with it. And yeah, uh, I think for like the from from what I recall, you know, during the Aryan years where everything was like Cardinals, you know, Niners and Seahawks were all kind of neck and neck, you know, it'd come down to the last game of the season type of thing. The offensive line for the Cardinals was, you know, outstanding. You guys had I mean, you, you have a lot of the same players that you had back then. You know, it's, it's just the natural aging process of it. But back then they were a lot healthier than they are now. You know, back then. You had a running back named David Johnson who would get 35 carries a game. Uh, you know, you couldn't do that behind a shambles of an offensive line. And I think that's the uh, I think that that's the thing that never progressed. I mean, just be like the Seahawks and, you know, go ahead and just get you a center or something like that. If, you know, if they're high, usually it's tackles that are usually high up in the draft. But if y'all can just kind of fit in a center somewhere, at least to get them in the wings to train and stuff like that, I think that's more valuable than just trying to keep throwing constant weapons on both like the offense and the defense in my own opinion. Cause at the end of the day, um, an NFL game is it's won or lost through the trenches. I don't care what anyone says. No, that's, that's for sure. You guys want a fun story? Ooh, go ahead. Of course. Uh, what year is it? So this would have been, I think 2018 or 2017 April, my cousin or my brother, my cousin, he turned 30. So we were doing his dirty 30 out in Scottsdale, Arizona. We go to, we go to the, the the bar the bar area what in old not old town or wherever it is where like bottle blonde and all that stuff is i yeah. think uh i think the one that we were at was riot house um and we, we're at a table 
we look across the entire Cardinals offensive line is like two tables away from us. <laughs> we were just like, what? Plus we got, we got a little one with us, like, a, you know, a, all of us cousins, you know, um, we have the youngest one and he's always the first one to, to get rowdy. And so like we were, we were all having a good time. And then all of a sudden we like look and we're like, where did the little one go? We look across and he's just there with these behemoth human beings looking like a child among men. And I think that same year, I think that same year, everybody on that offensive line had some sort of knee injury related to like an ACL tear or something like that. Are you so, trying to tell me it's your fault? You're yeah, the, it's the not my fault. fault. It's cousin Jakesh's fault. <laughs> he, was a, he was a kiss of death. And I think that's when that's when everything uh, everything went downhill. Oh, man, that's that that's fine. But when you actually see some of these offensive linemen in real life, I kid you not, even a center, I'm like six one. There's centers that are taller than me. Six seven, six eight. These guys like they're like Justin Pugh was there. I think that's the only one I remember. I was just I can't remember the other names. I think there was um was it a Ronald or I can't remember what the, the dude's name was. No one, but yeah, no one just remembering Pugh. offensive linemen, just be honest with yourself. No, Justin Pugh for sure. I think he was there. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, that entire year, everybody tore their ACLs or something like that. And it's just been downhill ever since. So if you have anything, if you have a reason to be sad, it's it's my cousin's fault. <laughs> oh, man. It's always the cousins. Uh, always the cousins. But yeah, and I think at the end of the day, like for the Cardinals, um, you do, for 2023, I'm just looking on the side here, you do have seven picks, um, you know, and I don't think none of them. It's better than the Niners. Yeah, it's better than the Niners and the Rams right now. They just, like, they're, they're teams that just have multiple, well, no, yeah, multiple years without first rounds, especially the Rams. They don't have a first round until 2026 or 2025, so that's just oh, still yeah. funny to this day. But, um, yeah, so, it, you know. It's, it, when you get in that kind of a, a pit, like, the only you, – you have to keep acquiring assets at some point, right? And yeah. if you keep making bad decisions, you're going to keep prolonging this, like, period where you don't have any high picks, and it's just going to – it's not going to get better until you make it worse first. Well, they got a they got a chip out of it. Look, they said they got F their chip. Picks. They had they said f the picks. It's a shirt. Like even I before we got on this podcast, uh, um, Shefty, you know, Scummy Shefty, as I like to call him in the NFL <laughs> world, is um he has his podcast and it literally says f them picks. Like he literally just called he titled it f them picks. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's probably talking about the trades and all that stuff. And you know, I think we can also like. We're going to definitely talk about those trades in a little bit because there's some teams out there like the Dolphins. They just knew how to use the picks for all their trades and stuff dude, like that. Dude, the Dol- Dolphins put on a master class. Oh, like what gosh. they turn the what they turn their picks into because and it all and well, it's all because of the Niners because of I think the, no, no, the Larry, Larry Tonsil, you know, the Larry Tonsil. Yeah, Laramie Tonsil. Uh, he definitely it started from there, and then it just went from there because they had like a total oh, of I three forgot, first round dude, picks. The they Bill had three O'Brien years. Yeah. The Bill O'Brien years of the Texans. What a time. Yeah, <laughs> those three picks turned into for the Dolphins. It was Bradley Chubb. It was, um, I think it. I forgot the yeah, other two. Definitely I definitely, Waddle. It, yeah, Waddle, Waddle and Hill. And Hill. Waddle yeah, and Hill. Hill yeah. Waddle and. No, so uh, there, and I think there was there was a couple. So I think, I think uh, what happened was was that um, so they traded one or two first round picks for uh, Tunsil, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a year or two later. Niners traded three first round picks so that they can move up and draft um, Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think they're, they're factoring those picks in as well. So it's just an absolute masterclass. Like if, like I felt like, uh, I mean, I don't know the, like the full backstory and everything like that. Um, but like the Brian Flores, like period, you know, that team was, 
the team was on the up and up. Yeah, they didn't do well, you know, like first half of last season, but then they like won out and that kind of thing. Like they 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 are built up. They're not just you know like coming out of nowhere. They had the pieces there to begin with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, really quick before we get into the, before we get into uh, around the league, <laughs> what do you, what do we think about the uh, what do we think about the outcome of uh, the Seahawks Cards game? I mean, me and Adam, I think we already got the Seahawks. We're but... always Seahawks over yeah, here. No I matter, think... even if we lose badly, like, you know, 45 to zero, we're going to say Seahawks all the way. So just don't mind us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, what, what I'm you... taking the Cardinals all the way. So, I mean, it's it's an easy pick for me, right? Yeah. I think it's going to be close, though. I think it's I think it's truly going to be, be close because I think both teams have something to prove. Um, you know, I think Gino's a little further along in proving it than maybe the Cardinals are hoping to, you know, prove their roster is good. But. I think it'll. I hopefully it'll be a good game, but I think it will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Card Hawks, like those are always. That's always a good matchup. I told you I'd work that in, Oliver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. Let's, what was that? No, I was just an old man. Yeah, you funny. You're just funny <laughs> over there. <laughs> All right, let's go around the league. So there's only one thing that anybody should be talking about right now. The day that, or as of this recording, you know, trade deadline has ended. That's why um, we're calling this section around the trades at this around point. the trades traders, <laughs> traders. <laughs> uh total of 10 trades made on this deadline record That's a record yep. yep yeah yep. go go uh, go through some of them adam uh, tell me which ones uh, stuck out for you which ones yeah, you got? yeah. well first i want to just say that with this record because um i believe jason from over the cap real quick said that uh over the past like 10 years you if you actually look at the trade deadline trades if anything they've steadily gone up. They've increased. And like today, of course, is a record, right? So we're at like peak. It could even go uh, further up next year. But um, all these trades that you're going to see happening, especially going forward, definitely done because we're getting a lot of younger head coaches in there, younger GMs, you know, younger uh, owners as well, um, too, since, you know, because everyone can't live forever, right? So I'm just kind of glad that... Unfortunately, I'm just kind of glad that like we're starting to see a lot of fun trades, even interdivisional trades. So let's I want to talk about the interdivisional trade because the the Lions Wait, um, really quick with oh, the yeah, Lions, with the Lions. Uh, I was looking at Lions Twitter right now and everybody just hates the Ford family. So you're saying that, you know, we can't live forever and Lions fans are just like die sooner. <laughs> you know, the whole thing with like a whole family owning like the Ford family or whoever owning each of these like franchises. So that's like the only issue is that like it keeps getting passed off within the family. But the, at the very least, you get fresh blood eventually. But I don't know. Lions are the same old Lions in the fact that they traded uh, TJ Hawkinson to uh, the Vikings because the Vikings uh, Ir- uh, tight end Irv Smith is out for like eight to ten weeks with a high ankle sprain. So that's where that trade came from. But interdivisional trade i think it was like during the season though but not uh during the draft they actually did trade in the draft vikings traded up they gave the lions a lot of picks to i believe uh, to trade up there but here and during the season i think they said that they haven't seen like a deal i think this big or something like that since like the 1960s or for the 70s for like the lions and stuff so yeah tj hawkinson they got uh, or lions got a second and a third and i think uh conditional pick but i know they sent you know tj hawkinson and then like a conditional fourth or something like that for it's just, it's just funny yeah uh, oh here it is yeah yeah so they sent um there is like fourth 20 uh, conditional 2024 conditional a fourth to the vikings for a 20 yeah so for a 20 uh, the upcoming second round pick next year's fourth round pick 
but it's like what do you get out of that like I, at the very least they got like a second and a third round pick but it's like you just lost a star tight end because he was really like blowing it's the up. most lines it's the most lines trade ever because they drafted him uh we just looked this up too i think it was seventh or eighth or something like that right seventh, like they, I think seventh overall, they drafted right? him eighth overall yeah. for a tight end you know and then Everybody's like, no one's ever drafted a tight end. It was disappointing those first two seasons, (laughs) but you know, like the incubation period for a tight end is like one to two. He's been slowly productive ever since Jared Goff, or even during Matt Stafford time. People are likening him to like the George Kittle type of mold. He does, you know, everything that you want out of a tight end. He blocks, he, you know, he catches passes. He can, you know, he can do what you need him to do. Well, he's gone. Yeah, if you're (laughs) a Vikings fan, if you're a Vikings fan, you're over the goddamn moon right now because you have an offense with weapons like Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. you know Adam Thielen can still produce. Uh, Irv Smith was now replaced by TJ Hawkinson. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, and I think Irv Smith was. I think uh, I think the writing's on the wall for him. I think he's gonna. I think he's on an expiring deal or something like that. So yeah, he's he actually was like a second round pick for them when they still when the Vikings still had Kyle Rudolph, who's like he who has been. I think the Kyle mental. Rudolph is still there. I was looking at their roster. Is he still there? I thought he left. I don't know. Um, I think he's still I, there. I think I don't think he's on the roster anymore because, not to my knowledge, right now. Oh yeah, it could, could have, I, I just kind of looked it at Google and it said it on the first page. So who knows what if Google? Oh, he's right on the right. Bucks now. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph is. Yeah. Oh damn. See, Man. yeah, because he's not there anymore, and they had like, and Kyle Rudolph was like their tight end for like years it, ever. They, yeah. Yeah. Then they had Irv Smith. Um, behind him because they just drafted him and think he was like a season or two behind him and then he was actually doing pretty good and yeah. then boom injury they're gonna keep Irv Smith because you, you have like a tight end tandem right there because it's kind of like how the Seahawks have three so tight ends um, of that tight end is that position that with these modern offenses it's getting a lot more love it started with Sean McVay with Tyler Higby and like Gerald Everett and those guys where they'd run those sets I mean if, if you want to go back further you could say it started with with Bill Belichick and Aaron Hernandez and uh, Gronk oh and those guys. Were killing Netflix, it. Netflix true crime coming <laughs> soon for uh, Aaron Hernandez so be hey, ready who was the, the guy that plays the Punisher was like they're saying he's gonna play Aaron Hernandez yeah, right yeah, yeah God I just want he, he, I just want to see that uh, oh. his process for that he's like so i'm like the punisher right basically <laughs> <laughs> literally um but yeah so i think another trade that was really out there was um so the the chicago bears have been busy so basically they're on wholesale because they have a lot of veteran like really star veterans on a team that's losing um they traded robert quinn to the eagles for a fourth and they traded roquan smith uh, to, uh today for a second and a fifth that's also to the um ravens the Ravens, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so like the Ravens got Roquan Smith. I really feel like we could have got Roquan Smith. Ourselves. I would have loved to have Roquan Smith. I'm telling you, we would have replaced Cody Barton. I'm not, let, just hear me out now because <laughs> it would have been <laughs> so awesome. But um, yeah, I think you know, like for now, uh, I think, and also, doesn't Roquan Smith have like the conditional pick on him where it can go all the way up to a second, or is that someone else? That was, I think, um, well, Calvin Ridley. Oh, that was Calvin Ridley. We'll talk about, I'll let you talk about him in a second. But yeah, so like they got rid of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, which, Canal, that was like two people you said were going to be trade pieces for the Chicago Bears. I'm not saying so. I'm a pro, but, uh, you know, I called him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, you know, I think so. So Chicago right now, I believe like their next plan is, well, they already, they, and they also traded for a um, a wide receiver. They got, uh, that was a weird one for me. 
it's weird. They got Claypool from the Steelers, which a lot of people will Claypool claims he's a top three receiver. And then a lot of people oh, are like ass. Steelers. It's like they had like the meme where like uh, with Avengers where like, you know, Steelers add a, another mid receiver to their roster or not Steelers, but um, Bears add another, another mid receiver to their roster. Right in the gauntlet. But um, I think Clay, they do need weapons on the uh, on the receiving end because right now the chart. Oh, not Chargers! Wow, I don't know, man. The, tell that to tell that to Allen Robinson. Right, that's, but the, that's the only Allen thing. I can think of. Little, they're not they're not throwing him. I don't know if they're not throwing him the ball or like they just need to fire their offensive coordinator because right now the whole offense is through Justin Fields, literally. Like this yeah. man is getting hit every week. I'm seeing him slowly, gingerly get up every week, and then he's also running the ball. Every which he should run the ball because a lot of people are saying you need to use your legs. Okay, he can use his legs, but he can't be the whole offense. Yeah, That's not I mean, gonna, the, it's not sustainable. The, the Bears mess up wide receivers is a known fact. Like, you know, Allen Robinson on the Rams now took him like six weeks or seven weeks to at least like even like make a contribution. I think that's when he got his first touchdown. So yeah, like, so shocked. He was like, "Oh, they actually throw the ball here." Like that's what that was like. <laughs> he, had, he had to get over the fear of a ball coming being thrown at him. No, he normally just swats him down. <laughs> he became a DB in Chicago, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but yeah, man, like Chicago, I guess at the end of the day, so they have a lot of picks going into. Um, they have like a hundred million dollars in cap, and they have like a, a flurry of picks. For the off season, so and that's from deals do, like that's from like deals like Khalil Mack being off the books as well. We can't forget yeah, about they, have, they literally have. I think it's the Bears and someone else. They have two first rounds, two second rounds, two third rounds, and I think they might have used. Yeah, they. I think they I might think have they used a second round on that. They used so. a second round, of course, because that's a lot of capital to have. Because like at the end of the day, you only have so much uh, capital. Like you actually, they actually put a. a a portion of money aside for rookie reserve. So you can, unfortunately you can't keep the whole capital. You got to use it somewhere or else you're going to be on the books for all those players. So especially first round and second rounders are very expensive. So um, I think we'll see the, what I they think, do in the off season. I think the bears, I mean, you, you, uh, Rokon Smith was a leader of that defense. I don't think that's, that there's any, um, until he wanted out. Yeah. He yeah, literally, that, that, was like literally three weeks ago or so he was like, you need to trade, did me. He, trade me now. And they did. Did he really him. say that? Yeah, he said. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, that. it was an actual thing where he was just like, "I, I want to trade," and then they didn't trade, and so eventually he's like, "Okay, I'm just okay. I'm gonna take it back since they don't want to trade me." And then he actually had like, he was producing a lot, and then yeah. of course, uh, when Robert Quinn got traded, he was crying at a because uh, he found post- that out in the middle of a post in a post-game. press conference. Right? Yeah, yeah a press con- it was a press conference, and he yeah. yeah, and he couldn't he couldn't continue. He had to stop. He had to cut it short. But then now he's off to the Ravens because Ravens yeah. do need help at the linebacking. Course, yeah, so. but the, the, Ra- the Bears, Bears GM was already saying that they had discussions in the offseason with Roquan and basically indicated that it wasn't going to come to a long-term deal anyway. But, I mean, they managed to keep it under wraps enough to get some compensation out of it. So it seems to me like this is a situation where I think everyone will be happy. And now I think he's the second player on the Ravens now that's without an agent. So he and uh, Lamar can maybe negotiate their contracts together. I, I do believe in like negotiating your own contract, but I believe the NFL is trying to do something to where like you have to go through an agent, right? Yeah, you have to go through which, an which agent, is like some actually. scummy shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know on that, uh, on so that, for, and if it's being enforced or not heavily yet. From a from a player's perspective, just so folks are a little bit more aware, usually the way that like agents negotiate are and you know are agents on your behalf when negotiating deals and that they kind will of read thing. the contracts and all that stuff, so you don't have to. And in exchange for that, they take a sizable 
percentage of mm -hmm. any deal that you get. And As so, and the, the argument being made right now, you know, especially from guys like a lot of Seahawks, like former Seahawks have represented themselves like Sherman, Okung, um, Bobby, I think Cam did, or no, no, not Cam, someone else. A lot, I mean, basically contract, the contracts are, the contract values are inflating so much because people are trying to account for these agent percentages in their, in their contracts that, you know, team people are willing to forego having an agent have a smaller deal. At the end of the day, they get a little bit more money and the, the team saves a little bit more and it just incentivizes things. Mm -hmm. But lobbying on the other side of things for requiring agents to be there and, you know, manufacturing some reason to be why that's the, the, the scummy bit. Yeah, exactly. And, but you know, for Roquan Smith, more power to him. The Ravens organization is a fantastic organization. You've had a lot of veterans come through there. Like Justin Houston right now, I think is bawling out over there. Yeah, he's not injured, like, of course, because they always have an injury bug. Yeah, they, they got an injury bug. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think Calais Campbell went through there and he was having mm -hmm. a field day. I think James, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is having a fantastic mm -hmm. time. Like, that's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're all they're all old heads and stuff like that. But, like, they're having a field day over there. And the Ravens organization, it just seems like a fan. Like, it's one of those organizations that I think is, like, fantastically run, you know, right up there with, like, the Steelers. You guys mentioned the Bears as well. Like, in terms of like how they do their business, you know, it's it seems like there's a lot of a lot of uh, like all the gears are turning in the right direction for them. So more until power Lamar to them. Gets, until Lamar gets that con that big big contract, which yeah, he, at the beginning of the season, don't forget he did say he's going to stop talking about the contract for the whole season. So we're going to see what happens after the season. It's going to be a big contract, and I respect so, that Lamar is going about his business too. That's the other side of things, right? Like everybody's mm -hmm. just going about their business. You know, the business things will work out at the end. Um, okay. Let's talk about uh, some other some other trades if y'all want to go ahead on that one. Yeah, so another one that uh, I saw was Kadarius Tony going from Giants to Chiefs. You know, not much of us thought about it, but it's worth harping on the point that uh, you guys brought up earlier, which was that you know a lot of these um, a lot of teams are now not trying to chain themselves to these these picks that they make. Kadarius Tony, I don't think he's had any a, a solid stretch of games for the Giants during his tenure. I think he's only a second year player. And Giants just, you know, cut ties, shipped him over to Chiefs. Chiefs are more than happy to to take him on. And they're trying to replace that Tyreek Hill type of mold. I think Kadarius Tony is that type of receiver. Chiefs sent over a conditional third and a sixth. And I think that's pretty adequate in terms of capital that you gave up. I think it was just good for both sides. I think Brian Dobble just decided that he wasn't uh, part of the long term picture. Well, I mean, when you whenever you get like a new coaching staff, so the Bears, the Giants and some other, you know, some other teams, they all have new coaching staffs. So it's not fully new front offices. They're going to start because a lot of them are going to be like, that's not my guy. So I want to get rid of him as soon as possible. You know, like like you said, like you said last week about like the um, the Bears, like you, you definitely said that, like they're going to get rid of Quinn, uh, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith and, uh, you know, all of those other key pieces. Um. We thought I think there's some other teams where we thought some other more trades were going to happen, but regardless, like you're going to definitely have teams start moving pieces around, which I'm so fine with. It's nice to see people in different uniforms for a change. So you know, we'll see <laughs> yeah, what happens. Tony's an interesting one because he had that like legendary game against the Cowboys. I don't know if you guys recall yeah. that, but that was that's like the one game that everyone though. everyone hangs their Didn't hat he have, like, on. Like a ridiculous I mean, number of like yards that game. It was like. I 
it was double digit targets and receptions close to 200 yards. I think he was yeah. like 185, something like that and got ejected. Like he just had like the whole <laughs> yeah. like speed run of and basically everyone, like everyone talks about moment. the highlight. Everyone talks about the highlight reel too, where he was literally just like, Oh, you're going to attack me. Psych. Oops. Psych. Oops. Psych. And but, then like just running but on the, the chiefs. Does it matter? Right. Like, I mean, if you can just plug like one of those guys in, he doesn't need to do that every game, but he's exactly that guy that like Patrick Mahomes, you know, build some chemistry with him leading up to the playoffs. And then that's a complete wild card, right? Like there, mm-hmm. there's times where that's just uncoverable between, you know, you know, Mahomes scrambling and some dude that's, you know, willing to get ejected in his only career game, <laughs> you know, just scrambling down the field. Dude, if there's like a theme to like this year's trade deadline, um, I think it's a lot of these teams that are, you know, top one, two, three teams are just using some of their capital and retooling. Mm-hmm. And you you know we're talking about the Chiefs. Chiefs are like one of the most like receiver friendly offenses that you know are around the league. Like they just they just plugged in Juju, and like he's having you know an absolute field day. He, I think he had like in their last game or two games ago, didn't he have like a hundred plus yards and a couple tuds? Like mm-hmm. he's not even dancing on logos anymore. <laughs> like come on, like everybody's like anybody that comes into that offense. Like it seems like they moved on from Tyree Kill and haven't lost a step. You know, obviously, it's difficult to replace Cheetah, but you know it, it seems like they've adapted well. As long as you have Kelsey, right? You have a pretty yeah. solid foundation. Because, I mean, that's like the security blanket, and that dude's yeah. just unguardable. So He's on my fantasy team, too. So, number one tight end in the fantasy <laughs> still to this day. You know, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> um, other trades that we saw coming around. Oh, let's talk about the big one that came down through today. Bradley Chubb. And a twenty five a twenty twenty five fifth round pick from the Broncos to the Dolphins for a twenty three uh twenty twenty three first round pick that they got from San Francisco, mm-hmm. the twenty four fourth round, and Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I think, I think this was a home run for both for both teams, right? Like Broncos like they, needed a running back because they lost Javante Williams um early in the season. Yeah, and um I think uh, with regards to like the uh, the capital, like Broncos really needed the capital to come through, right? Yeah. And that's the uh, I think that's the the uh, tricky bit. And Broncos are definitely not in win now; they're in win forever mode. So, like maybe next year we'll probably go to the Super Bowl, but not this year because we're 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 selling things. <laughs> and we were we were talking about it too at the uh, like last week, right? Where we're, we're, we mentioned, or we might've been talking about it in our DMS and stuff like that. You mentioned it. You definitely mentioned it about the, the Broncos. I was against it because it's like, how did you, you went for Russ. And now that you think you have a solid team, of course, with Russ coming in, you don't know who to blame Nathaniel Hackett. Um, do you blame Nathaniel Hackett or do you blame, um, whatchamacallit, uh, no, do you blame Nathaniel Hackett or do you blame the offensive coordinator or do you or do you blame like, you know, Russ himself for the offense? But either way, they suck right now. Well, they did get a win in London, but they suck overall. Like Broncos fans are literally leaving mid game. So it's to the point where it's like, let's just get some picks. Let's start selling a little bit and then re- like basically reload for next year. So like reload is the key word there. So I think the thing that a lot of fans don't realize, I mean, everybody loves these headline stories, but. Trade deadline comes through and you need to you're as an organization, you need to decide if you want to take advantage of that and you need to pick a direction, right? Are you a tanking team? Are you a, you know, my Super Bowl window team or are you a retooling team, a team that's like in the middle? Right. 
And so with the with the way that things are set up, um, Broncos right now, I don't think anybody's expecting them to to make a deep run if they if they do make it to the playoffs. They need to be in like retooling mode. Problem is, is that they don't have the capital to retool, right? And so they had to move on from Bradley Chubb, which is mm-hmm. which is fine. Bradley Chubb was in line for a long term de- deal. Mm-hmm. He's going to go to a Dolphins team that is absolutely anemic in terms of like pr- pressuring the quarterback. So he's going to have an absolute blast out there. The and they got two picks out of it. And I think the unsung part about this whole trade is your other big pieces on defense, including um, with like uh, Pat Sertain the second and Justin Simmons. Both of those guys are up for new deals after the 2023 season, I think, or they'd be entering a contract year. So when you with with moving Bradley Chubb on, you know, historically um, rushing pass rushers get like ridiculous amounts of money so you from with that money that you save from bradley chubb you can invest it into your young corner and your young um safety and broncos did make other moves to like uh, around that they traded the uh to the i think a fifth they they swapped a fourth and a fifth mm-hmm. uh f- to the jets for jacob martin or something like that right mm-hmm. i don't think i have that written down somewhere but i remember seeing that like they they traded their fourth round pick to um, the Jets for Jacob Martin and their fifth round pick. And, you know, just another pass rusher. Broncos actually have a pretty solid stable of pass rushers. So, you know, your next Bradley Chubb could come out of that or, you know, you can always draft and get another Bradley Chubb type of player and hopefully he grows into that level of um, talent. But um, I just, this was, this was a good, this was a good move for where the Broncos are right now. As well as as the the Dolphins, their cap space actually. Now that you mention it, because I did not look at their cap space, I was I wasn't paying attention. After the Bradley Chubb trade, it's uh, this upcoming offseason. They're only going to have like twenty million, twenty point five million. It's not a lot of room to work with. That's not a lot of room, especially when you have to make deals and stuff like that. But like in twenty twenty four, they're up for eighty seven million. But that's if depending on who they make deals to after this uh, season's over. And, and, and you know. Right. Yeah, Russ's salary is going to kick in, right? Well, his his salary kicked in um, for this season. It's very light. It's only a base salary of eight million with a uh, I think a bonus of fourteen million. But like, uh, dude, actually, the way no, the bonuses 22. and stuff Hold like up, that 22. work is so Excuse confusing. Me. It's two million. This his his base uh, salary is two million with a ten million dollar prorated bonus. Yeah. Twenty three <laughs> is another light year. So basically, like it's like these, it's this season and next season where they can make some moves because he only has a base salary of eight next season with fourteen million uh, bonus, but then twenty twenty four is where like his his stuff kicks in. That's where he's at seventeen million base salary with an eighteen point four million bonus. So it so far be he's nice. been playing to the contract value. So he's just waiting for that next tier of salary <laughs> yeah, to kick that's, in. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. He's quiet quitting the Broncos. Basically, he's quiet quitting. <laughs> He, def- he definitely said, um, like, let's ride at the end of the game, too. I'm like, oh, there's the let's ride. Oh, okay. You yeah, know, yeah. Let's he was saying let's ride while he's doing high knees on the way there, too. We ain't forgetting about that. We ain't forgetting the high knees. Oh, God, my God. gosh. What did the, the Broncos, can we, can we take a, a slight tangent, like a sidebar here? What is the Broncos PR department? First, they put out Russ doing 
lets rides in front of a green screen uh, as if the internet wasn't going to abuse the daylights out of that. And then they put out that Russ was doing high knees in the aisle on the flight, the four out of the eight hour flight there. What do you think? People people were not going to roast him for that? Because Russ also had some weird Subway commercials. If y'all ever seen those little yeah, bits. Spicy. Like, like, Why do you be careful because it's spicy? Um, and I'm just like, oh, okay. My favorite ones was like, people were saying that it sounded like Russ was talking to someone he kidnapped that was like roped <laughs> to a chair. And so people were like putting out content where they were like, you know, they were the camera would pan to someone sitting in a t- sitting tied up in a chair. It's like you want a sandwich? It's I spicy. will make. I will. I would love to make a reel to that just for the like the shits and giggles. Just to, I'm gonna look into making that. I will make it somehow. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. that's not Russ kidnapping people. That's Mister Unlimited. Unlimited. <laughs> Dangerous. Oh man. That's oh, man. But he's yeah, not man. our problem anymore now. Not, Dolphins did also make a pick to like just like the 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 Broncos did, you know, getting another pass rusher in. Uh, Dolphins traded a fifth rounder to the Niners and got Jeff Wilson, who was, I think, formerly their starting running back before uh, an individual named CMC joined the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they they shored up their running back room as well. So I think it just ended up being like you rarely see like a, like something like this where it's just it's like good business all around, right? Yeah, and, and just make CMC your new quarterback because he can apparently throw the ball too better than Garoppolo. <laughs> he, had, he had a hat trick. Which is, okay, see, we, we're going to talk about this later too. CMC threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown, and received, caught a touchdown. And he and that touchdown he caught, he high pointed that like a wide receiver. Like what the hell? I think he. I knew. Like if you really think about it, CMC was either going to shine not in the pa- uh, the Panthers off current offense anyway. Although shout out to PJ Walker, he's still doing his thing out of there. You know from the Oh, what XFL, they, right? Yeah, XFL and stuff. Because he was on the Houston team. They were undefeated at the time. So I'm so glad he's definitely starting now to give him a chance. But the 49ers, like, it's either the 49ers or the Bills, because the Bills wanted CMC. They didn't get CMC. Because you know if the Bills got CMC, do you know how that offense would be to this day? Like, it's it's just crazy. And then, of course, 49ers, not, they're a running back offense, while the Chiefs are the wide receiver offense or the trick plays when they get to the the goal line and stuff because so there, there's two systems at work here you got the kyle shanahan system and then like you know you get you got the dang chief i just call it the chief system where they just had this well andy reed system really but the chief system is a lack of system they're just out there having fun man base they're just being they're uh, they're playing backyard football right so i at, the, at this point you could like you know both of you were saying you can slot any receiver in the chief's offense just like how you can slot any running back in the 49ers offense because they're all going to eat at the end of the day especially with kyle shanahan making the plays oh man you knew oh, yeah. he was watering at the mouth he's like we have cmc Oh man, let me just uh, uh, open up this vault I made like years ago <laughs> when I thought we were gonna get him or something like that. So Niners have spent a lot of capital in there and in recent years trying to for get there back. for running backs. And so, you know, this like we talked about it last week, the picks amounted to um a second, third, fourth this year and a fifth next year or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, in terms of draft value, that's a combined like value of like a fourth overall, is what I think we were seeing. Yeah, if you um, use that one system that people use for like the draft capital. The one meme I've seen on the 49ers trading Jeff Wilson was um Nick Bosa like was like getting very like being really happy that the 49ers are one percent whiter 
So, because um, it is known, it, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, but it is not my. Actually, I'm not sorry, but it is known that that man's racist. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's like that's been the joke, and it's like they the team gets whiter and whiter, right? Because they got CMC and they let go. Of Jeff Wills. I was just like, just I a said, bunch of scrappy dudes. <laughs> Bunch of Nick scrap. Bo- <laughs> yeah. the scrappy dudes. They're a bunch of gym dudes. rats. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Bosa, I feel like, would thrive in a Patriots off in a Patriot system. Oh my <laughs> from, gosh, he probably would. Um, I think the other one, I think that was a weird, uh, you know, trade was the Calvin Ridley to the Jags. Although, like, if everyone knows, like, Calvin Ridley is out this season because he was uh, gambling by betting his own money on his own team. He was on, but granted, you can't really do that if you're in the NFL. Though I feel like. He was not being uh, the big underline for this one is that he wasn't yeah. even a part of the team at this time. He had stepped away. He had meant he was dealing with mental health and yeah, that kind mental of health by going to the, you know, the casino and stuff. I'm kidding. Like he probably was doing stuff for his mental health, but and he said yeah. like he bet like a hundred. It was only like the total amount he bet was like 150 bucks or something like that. Like it was like a thousand. I think it was a thousand or thirteen hundred dollars or something like that. Because I remember he was I'll making look, jokes I'll look up on the exact number. Yeah, but he was making jokes on on Twitter afterward because like I feel like his punishment was just a suspension for a whole season. And then there was other stuff that happened where it's like, yeah, you just get a pat on the wrist because you know it's like one to three games or something like that. But oh, hey, my. he was betting on the Falcons beating the Jags at that one point. So now he's with the Jags. It works out. He won full gamble. circle. So the, the numbers I'm seeing right here, $3,900 across six, six separate bets for a total of $654 in winnings. So uh, better yeah, again. He lost more money than he... <laughs> <laughs> he one lost the whole season's worth of salary. So like, man. One thing I was wondering though is, I don't know if you guys know, but Austin Eckler is a huge part of the fantasy football community, right? So he does, mm-hmm. he runs like a bunch of leagues that you know you can buy into because you want to play in the league with Austin Eckler, right? And I mean, I know like there's a skill based component to fantasy football, right? But I've always wondered, mm-hmm. like, at some point, right, if you have like huge payouts, he in this league this year, he had the first overall pick and drafted himself, right? So it's working out pretty well for him, of course. But, <laughs> you know, you have to start wondering, like, where does that line, you know, go? Because so many people are saying, well, it's so obvious you can't bet on games. But, you know, he's betting on his own performance, right? Obviously, he wants to succeed to be good in fantasy football oh, but you know like at what point like do those ball? winnings yeah at what point do those winning payouts right make make a difference right because i'm uh, you know there's always the talk in league collusion and like oh you sit your starter so you can win something but i mean like at, at what point do you just say like no money on any games whatsoever nfl related if you're a player like how do you decide that they don't. They just they just happen to catch um, Calvin Ridley in the act because let's be honest, there have been refs, there have been players, coaches. I won't go so far as to say people in the front office because I haven't seen those, but I, those first three I just mentioned have done gambling before, and I know y'all know of like you know like when the Saints was like head hunting in those years and stuff. I heard of like refs were talking, yeah, and refs were definitely talking about like oh yeah, you know this and that, and I won like ten thousand dollars, and it's like you don't do anything to the or anything like that right so the the other example was like last week right like we we were talking about this with mike evans and what the uh, if the referee like went up and tried to get him get an autograph from him at the end of the game right you know you're 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 treading on a line controversy yeah i mean well i think that everybody's come out and said it wasn't an autograph they was just getting a phone number for like some so that mike evans get get put in touch with a golf pro or something like that but you, you add that controversy there that 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 clouding the clouding the whole situation right where now that you're in that situation 
everything that you've done up to that point is put into question. And that's mm-hmm. the, that's the moral dilemma that you're in. Right. Like we're like the example that I used was like, you know, two wide, like, uh, what if this ref that wanted that got the signature from the alleged signature from Mike Evans, you know, there was a 50, 50 ball, you know, both players were hand fighting between Mike Evans and the DB. Um, Mike Evans pushes off DB kind of grabs him, you know, you can go either way type of thing. And he calls it, you know, defensive pass interference as opposed to like offensive pass interference or letting it go when, you know, they're doing that kind of thing. That's the the kind of clouding that you're putting around the game. There hasn't been a time when like in a penalty, like what you, the scenario you just mentioned where like you can clearly see the extension from the, like from the offensive player and you can see like the grabbing of like the Jersey, like have they ever, has there been a situation where like the play, like a both players in that? that- I want to say yeah, but I like I don't know what the outcomes of those situations were. If they let it go, if it co- ends up being an incomplete pass, it's a wash. Yeah, um, that kind of thing. I think um, they just go with the offensive player because if you can see the extension and the push and all that, they literally just throw the flag and be like, "Hey, the offensive player right there." But like, especially a big dude like Mike Evans. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I you know that's a there's a lot of loopholes, especially with all the you know the gambling and all that type of stuff. Especially when we all gamble, don't we all even gamble on like the the the? I should start highs. gambling on our weekly picks. Right, the the <laughs> you know the under the uh, under over and all that type of stuff. There's gambling everywhere, especially when they talk about Las Vegas, right? So okay. it's just weird. I don't know. It, it's one of those things where like I I, I don't like it. I didn't like how Calvin Ridley got what he got for it because I know for a fact there's other people that have gotten caught and it was just like either a slap on the wrist or even nothing. So well, that's the, my the, own opinion. The other example was um, in a different sport, um, Pete Rose in baseball. Uh, I think he was betting on himself for a long period of time, and I think he's just outright banned from the game. Ooh. Uh, so At least go that route. Like, yeah, just banned from the game because if you do it once, you can do it multiple times. And he's like – Good, good. Like all time leader, yeah. I think. Like, I mean, he, he has pretty much. They uh, like they erased him from like record books. It's like you know the Knights King or something like that. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and they take <laughs> records very seriously over there. So I it's mean, there's a lot of history in baseball, and that's why the history and you know romanticism around it. So like course. anybody that you know messes with that um, idol idolization of that sport, then. Uh, you know, they got to go. You're going to be punished. But uh, but yeah, you know, Calvin Ridley to the Jags. Jags have a lot of weapons at receiver now. So, you know, they got Christian Kirk over there who they everyone said they overpaid. But I mean, he's been doing very well for the Jags at the moment. So um, it's up to, you know, so to Mr. Lawrence over there, Mr. You know, I have a very milk toast, you know, like opening speech, motivational speech for everyone. Uh, Lawrence over there. But it's up. It has to go through. The offense has to go through him. I think with you know their current head coach and all that, Peterson and all them, just doing what they need to do to get them to a potentially even a playoff. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be happy to see it. I would love it. Like just to get teams that you never see like you know succeeding and stuff like that. Especially what they went through, literally like last season and stuff like that. Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence situation's always been kind of an interesting one because everybody kind of expected him to come in and be like an automatic Peyton Manning type of thing. Like that's the hype that was surrounding him. You know, now that they got Travis Etienne balling out a little bit, they got um, Christian Kirk, like you said. Now they mm-hmm. got uh, Calvin Ridley if he ever comes back. Evan Ingram. Um, Evan, Ingram. Have Evan Ingram. Yeah, too. I forgot about Evan. They Ingram. have. Who's... They have like that's all they did in the office. Like get. Get this quarterback Doug some Pe- weapons. Doug Peterson, who made Carson Wentz look like a goddamn MVP. Yeah. Um, I remember that season. Everyone remembers that season. Did he actually win MVP that year? 
I think he he was like up there, and then he like tore. Oh, his, he, he got he got injured though, and then that's three when weeks, his yeah. backup came in and won the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> Big Daddy Foles. Big Daddy Foles, right? <laughs> so yeah. with this Calvin Ridley trade, uh, mm-hmm. did we talk about like the pick structure? Because I think that's the most interesting. Oh, thing. go ahead, go into that one. So right now, I think the the vanilla version of it is I think um, so. Uh, they get two picks out of this deal. Mm-hmm. So if he gets reinstated by the NFL by a certain date, he, it's worth a one pick is worth a 2023 20, fifth rounder. Otherwise, it's a sixth rounder. And then with the other pick, if the team if he makes the team in 2024, it's at least a fourth. Um, if he hits playtime milestone, it's mm-hmm. a third. And then if the Jags give him like a long term deal, it's a two. Like there's a lot of conditions into this. Like we we're nerds and we code, but and stuff like that. But like, can you imagine? These are a lot of conditions. Even I'd be getting confused. There are a huge amount of conditions that I wish like was in Madden, but unfortunately it's not. But yeah, that's um. You gotta throw like your washing machine in there at that point and stuff like that. Throw the whole kitchen. Doing. Throw the whole kitchen sink. And uh, real quick, uh, before we leave, get on to like the last trade. Uh, you know, we talked about how. Uh, um, oh, well, I could say I could I segue into it because like commander send uh, William Jackson, the third to the Steelers. Right. Um, that's after the Steelers let go of Claypool and stuff. And it, it was funny with the commanders because they were basically just saying, like, we're going to like release William Jackson, the third if he doesn't get traded because like we don't want him, period. Yeah, they, like, I think they got him from the Colts or something like that. And they gave him like quite a bit of money. Yeah. And uh, the Steelers, it's funny because there was a meme about it. It's like, here lies the TikTok era in Pittsburgh from 2020 to 2022. Because <laughs> Juju and Claypool are both gone now. Yeah. And Williams Jack- or, um, William Jackson the third, I think he he's a sec- he's a defensive back, right? Sec- yes, corner? corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see how he – hopefully he does really well on, uh, for the Steelers because Steelers need help. But um, this, might be one of, of this might be one of Mike Tomlin's like ra- like rare low years because he's usually – he's like the most he's winning a, coach in that fa- uh, franchise right now. And he's I think he's in his 60s too. He's a um, scarily consistent coach over like a, what, 14-year period of time. Yes, over his whole tenure he's been consistent. Yeah. And it's, it's – it's, hey – he and I, I love his quotes because he's like the quote man in the league. So like if you ever like just if anyone out there listening, just take the time to go look up this man's quotes. It's like some of the weirdest quotes. It's like, huh, I'll, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Finally, the last trade was Naheem Himes for Zach Moss and a conditional six round pick. So that was from uh, the Colts to the Bills. So this Naheem is a weird Himes, one, too, wasn't it? It's weird. But like the Bills have been looking for a pass catching um, back uh, behind the uh, Sing, uh, Singletary because Singletary is like he's okay but they need a passing back and like I've seen Zach Moss getting games here and there but Hines has been the Colts passing option and like honestly I'm ready for him to I have him on fantasy too so I'm ready for him to, <laughs> to get some uh, you know get some more points than usual Except, Adam I think I think uh, moving forward we're gonna have to ask you to forfeit all of your fantasy teams in the uh, interest of the integrity of the misreps podcast no <laughs> no no he hangs up you guys can't see he hung up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much like all those picks that kind of went around today and I you know hope that we uh, I think the day after a trade, you can um, waive veterans and stuff like that, but they're usually for like the veteran minimum and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. Um, I kind of wish Seahawks at least went for one person, but I understand. They're just like, we're doing so good with what we have. Why why give our picks away? And I, I get that. You know, It just would have been nice to have Roquan Smith, maybe. Yeah, you know. Well, going back to what I, what I was saying at, before, right? Like, 
you know, coming into the trade deadline, you make a decision like, do you want to tank? Do you want to retool? Or do you want to go for it? <laughs> I don't even know where to put the Seahawks because we, we have, have all this draft. Space. We have yeah, the cap space. Good. We have draft capital. We're doing okay. <laughs> like, we probably should have gotten, you know, a player or two, even if Why? it was just like a, like, even if it's just an unsung hero type of player, just to mm-hmm. add depth, you know, you can, a lot of teams probably would have given up those type of players. Like Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill, I think, came through like that. I mean, our um, best free agency pickup from this past offseason was Nuoso, as you can see. Yeah, I think the Chargers are kicking themselves for not doing anything about that man. Well, that man, they had plans for themselves, as you can see. They they made plans in the offseason. That's off the thing with plans; they don't always go to plan. <laughs> I mean, they're still they have a, still have a winning team in terms of like where like playoffs are. But like, we'll probably look into the playoffs structure next week because I want to get like some more like especially like right now we're from the Seahawks perspective and Cardinals. We, we you know we have an NFC West matchup. I want to see like where things stand after that, and then we'll probably go into the playoff. Uh, what we you know on our based on our playoff predictions and where things are at then especially with the interesting matchups coming up yeah and uh bills have another running back didn't they just draft uh dalvin cook's brother i think uh, or yep. cousin or something like that so no, his, his brother his little yeah. his younger brother and mm-hmm. so i don't know what role too. He, yeah and so trade's kind of weird because for colts because naeem hines or jonathan taylor hasn't been you know jonathan taylor of last year he has had injury issues and that kind of thing well but i think the, I think the, the offensive the, coordinator because even the, the, for the colts anyway because like how are you the colts offensive coordinator and you don't use your running backs you have jonathan yeah. taylor if anything well to be fair i think frank reich calls the uh, frank he reich took, calls he the took place. over he took over today again or it was announced that he was taking over play calling duties again Oh, did he? I thought he was taking. I think he. I thought he was doing play calling. He was trying to give it like that's so like when like before when you were like yo all they just need is a quarterback. That was when Frank Reich was calling the play. So that's why they're just saying like yeah, get out of here, offensive oh, coordinator. So Nick Sirianni wasn't calling the plays at that time. Um, it could be a mix of both, maybe. Yeah, or, or maybe Nick Sirianni. We're not like, Colts fans. <laughs> yeah, we're not Colts fans. I don't <laughs> know. I'm not an expert, but I mean, either way, this season they don't know how to use their running backs, which is weird. Yeah, and you know. Uh, at the trade deadline, they decided, you know, this is a year that this year is kind of a wash. So get what you can, you know, whoever's going to be in the picture long term. Unfortunately, we talk about it every every podcast, you know, running backs are kind of expen- are seen as expendable. So mm-hmm. you can sucks. get something out of it because, yeah, yeah it does, because running the football is sexy again. <laughs> right, right. So, we'll you know, we'll see what happens with all these teams and after these trade acquisitions, especially where like the ones that. Let's see if the 49ers are going to make that huge run because, like, right now they're literally just like, we're throwing all the chips in again, like we did with Garoppolo that one season, even though we lost because we banked on Garoppolo winning us a football game. But here we are again. <laughs> yeah. Now they, that, now they have a running back that can throw the football too. There so. you go. That's the thing. It's Same. interesting, though, if whether they would have made that trade if, if Trey Lance was still healthy, right? Like, ooh, because that's yeah. still like was such healthy. a longer development cycle you know would they have basically said oh let's grab cmc i think because of garoppolo you almost have to add the weapons and go all in right because you Mm -hmm. already gave up all your picks to get trey lance so you might as well you know just do everything you can to give garoppolo all the support he needs to have a chance (laughs) i think that's what you can ask for i don't know what's gonna be i feel like I don't know. Do you think Kyle Shanahan might get like let go if things don't work out this season? Or no. they're gonna be like, nah, he's still good. He's he's keeping Not, us in there. No doubt that he's he's he'll stay there. Got it. Yeah, I think he's still safe. Um with that, I think that's all the trades that we had this week, right? Should we go into our week eight games? 
Yeah, let's talk about those games because there's some really good ones. Yeah, a lot of three touchdown games. I think A.J. Brown, Ty- Tony Pollard, CMC all had three touchdown games. But first off, we had Thursday night matchup, Ravens at Bucks, 27-22 to 22 Ravens. Both of us got that right. What would you take away from that game? Too many injuries. and I, Like I said before, Ravens have the injury bugs. So the Andrews, Bateman, Edwards, uh, Barrett, they all tore, tore Achilles. Oh, Barrett had a tore Achilles, but like it, it was some type of leg injury or something like that, or if Shack- not the- all of them. Tampa Bay losing Shaq Barrett is a big time blow because that is one of their you know That's true, yeah. elite defenders. Although they, they're middling because I don't know if Tom Brady mentally is affected with the divorce, which he finally came out with. I don't know, man. He's looked like a skeleton this whole season. So I think I think that's a fair assumption that he, he's, he's, he's feeling it. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like a lot of the thing is like apparently it's because he went back to play after Adam. I think it was Adam Schefter saying like, yeah, he's retiring. Then he's like, did he just say I'm going to retire? You don't say that of me. I'm back in the game at the cost of my relationship and my family. His Twitter. I don't know if his Twitter changed. I didn't even check, but it was like family and football. And then it just says football afterward. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Adam, so you're telling me that Adam Schefter ruined Don Brady's marriage? There was people that were saying like it's because of Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, whichever one of them, too. They, they're like brothers to me. They're both the same kind of person. They really look similar. Um, <laughs> White, too. Uh, right. <laughs> but no, no, no. Right. Guy in a suit, except one of them, um, while hitting the gritty, I think it was Ian Rappaport that tore, uh, not, yeah, he actually tore his, his ACL doing the gritty. <laughs> you're you're joking, right? I'm not joking. You can look it that up. That is right up there with the whitest thing. One of the whitest things I've ever heard. <laughs> he literally tried it in like, it was, it was like in December. Cause right I up there was, with someone saying newsflash buster. He literally said like, <laughs> I had, he's like, he's like, you know, I have an announcement. I did tear my ACL while trying to do a great, like he did it as if like, he, he did it on camera. Game. I bet too. He did didn't he? He, did it, he, he was on camera. You could see it. You could literally uh, go and look it up on YouTube and stuff. You it, see his leg giving out. He didn't fall or anything, but it was one of those. Cast him in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was it was a thing. Let's just say this: it was a thing with that. It was either Ian Rappaport. I think it was him because he was on the field. I could I I switch up the names all the time. I'm not going to lie to you too. So yeah, they're one in the same with me as well. So especially in how they do their news and stuff like that, which I I abhor. So yeah, Ravens Bucks. It was a close game. We got Ravens. Um, Oliver, you got anything to say on? On, on that game too man i'm the biggest brady truther but this is this has just been hard to watch so i mean i hope he turns it around but that offensive line is just dinged up decimated you should go yeah. and look at uh on youtube pat cast um because he he's doing uh um which was what the which the bucks is a division again it was a afc or N- nfc what nfc south yeah he's doing the nfc and afc south so he's representing each team as like a fan or whatever like within like staying in a house so like they're cracking jokes <laughs> like meta jokes on each other and like using history it's like so yeah how about that quarterback play and all that type of stuff so he what he does for like the bucks is like some dude that has like a you would think like a motorcycle or something he's like yeah this is tom brady it's like my new bike or whatever (laughs) (laughs) you know he looks like like the his hair is like up and he has like yeah bro you know we're the bucks are doing really good right now and i'm just like bro this is funny and then of course like it's going downhill and all that fan 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 theory with that Giselle uh, filed for divorce because she saw that the, the goddamn falcons were at the top of the nfc south just saw red flags everywhere that this was this was decision he made. Oh, there was that. And then there was a other thing with um, Antonio Brown. Like a lot of people were saying she divorced him for Antonio Brown and stuff like that. I, that, so, I just think that was disrespectful. But. That was kind of disrespectful. But then they had that footage of like how she was going and like hugging him. I'm like, 
that doesn't mean anything because you I wasn't there. I didn't see it, but it was funny how they used that clip and stuff. And I yeah, was just like, oh my gosh. And he's yeah, just now sad. Antonio Brown is trolling like the Bucks and Tom Brady constantly on his Twitter, but like that's uh I hope he gets help for himself. That's all I gotta say on that one. <laughs> yeah, we always gotta figure out a way to factor in Antonio Brown into any conversation we have. <laughs> right. Um, um but they yeah. on the on the Bucks, one last thing, they mm-hmm. they are getting a little bit healthy at receiver again. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Julio Jones, they uh they all had some snaps out there. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But forget. if you can't they have three receivers they're paying like big money to, so they yeah. got to do something. Cameron Brait, I think, is injured, but he was another option. But you know, you can't do anything with behind a a uh, open door of an offensive line. So hopefully they get better because, uh, you know, just for Brady's sake, because we don't want to see him go out and on a wheelchair. <laughs> so that's where right. we're heading towards. Uh, next matchup we had actually Oliver. You were the only one that was <laughs> that was awake during this time because this game, this was our game in London. Broncos at Jaguars, twenty-one to seventeen. Broncos. Both of us got that one wrong. We didn't see that one coming, but um, Russ heard me and he was just like, "All right, then, Adam, let's ride. Let's ride, <laughs> Broncos country. Let's ride." Uh, nothing really to take away from that one for me. Like they, I, that's the thing; they won a game. They won a game. I think. Well, I think it. You know, I think um, Jaguars took a lead late in the game. You know, three mm-hmm. minutes left, and I think uh, Broncos came back and scored a game-winning drive type of situation, kind of like a vintage Russ type of situation. So, you know, naturally, all the Broncos fans are like, "Russ has arrived." Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, especially what they what they've seen before. So, we'll see how if they can continue this, or if it's a what a lot of people probably fans are saying is maybe a fluke at this time. Got to check Mile High Club over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it's called. Uh, Panthers at uh, Falcons, 37 to 34 Falcons. I got that one right. I didn't like this game at all. It was a coin flip. I knew it was going to be a coin flip. This was the dumbest coin flip ever. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wanted to win that game at the end. Did you watch the end of that game? I didn't. I didn't see the end of the game. So talk to me. That that, that was the big thing. Um, PJ Walker threw a 62 yard Hail Mary. Like it was a rocket. It had some hang time to it. To DJ Moore. DJ Moore comes down with it. DJ Moore, of course, celebrates, but celebrates excessively. And mind you, this this uh, touchdown tied it up. So if they had a point, an extra point, you know, they would have won the game. DJ Moore takes off his helmet, celebrates excessively. Now that point after is suddenly like a forty five yard, forty five yard kick, oh my God. and they missed it. <laughs> and so um, they go to overtime. Falcons are up. I think I think Mariota threw a pick. And like Panthers brought it back. I think they were immediately in the red zone. Um, I can't remember the. I think it's the kid. The kicker's name is Eddie Pinheiro. He goes up. Former Bears and, kicker. Former Bears. Always. That's all you need town. to know. That's all you need to know. That's former all you Bears. need to know. He uh, he had a chip shot to win it. Missed it. And so Mariota brought it back the other way. And Young Hui Kook uh, won the game. But it was a it was a weird one. Um, I will say like a funny story on this one is like right before this game, this is when like I was looking in my research for fantasy and like, okay, Mariota, he like that team has literally been running the ball. Even when they're losing by multiple touchdowns, they run the ball. So I was like, you know what? Let me let Mariota go. I'm gonna go pick up someone else. And of course, as you can see with this game, this man went off. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> you know, that's how it works in fantasy. Uh, I still want like. This game was the, the like a great value version of that um, Chiefs Bills games last year, where they like went back and forth, and there were like three lead changes in the last two minutes. But it was like it was not like trying to win; it was like trying to lose. So it was like just the reverse of that game. But yeah, Eddie yeah. Eddie Pinero 
man, I'm sure you're a great guy, but he, you could just tell as soon as he walked onto the field, he wasn't kicking that. Like it wasn't going in. He looked. He didn't. So he did shook. not walk out there with that confidence. Oh, he looked so shook, man. I feel bad for him because kicker is, you know, everyone places it on that one moment and not everything leading to it. But you know, if I had a million dollars, I would have put it on the miss right then and there. Like that was just the most <laughs> obvious thing on the field that day. It's the only thing that could happen at that point. It's like, mm, someone's going to like, it's basically who's going to shoot themselves in the foot first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But that was, Next up, yeah, that was a good game regardless. So, hey. Yeah. Next up, we had Bears at Cowboys. Um, speaking of the Bears, 49 to 29 Cowboys. We both got that one right. Tony Pollard, like I said, had three tuds, but Bears look shook, man. Like there were some plays. I think like the, one of the, the standout plays, was it, um, I think Micah, Par- not Micah Parsons. Someone came down with an interception. And I, I like, don't watch it on, you know, principle. Remember that I hate the Cowboys. So. Yeah. So I'm doing my best to explain it to you. Uh, um, I think a, uh, I think a, a, a Cowboys player came up with an interception, went to the ground, no bears mm-hmm. player touched him. And so he got back up, ran 50 yards into the end zone and scored you a pick s- six. Are you serious? Yeah. Fields so that's like hurdled him. It looked good, but he didn't touch him down because he was avoiding him as he was going to the ground. I don't know well, why. Because you don't want a penalty or anything like that. But then, of course, hey, you didn't but touch it was him. A, it, was a, it was a heads up play. It was, I think it was Micah Parsons, actually. And I mean, it was a, a pretty good. And at the time, like, I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't likely that the Bears were coming back, but they had some momentum. And I think it was a two score game at that point. And that just, I mean, put them wow. out of their misery essentially but that's probably why they were like you know what we're gonna trade who we need to trade because this is bad <laughs> yeah it was yeah. i saw a graphic during the they were like celebrating i guess the bears were of that their recent success with justin fields and it was like has thrown one touchdown pass in each of the last three games like they're at that <laughs> level of celebration your level now. of success <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you go back before those games justin fields wasn't doing much right so i'm ugh, man, that's if, why if you're if, if I were Justin Fields, I'd be looking at how Jalen Hurts has modeled his game and trying to go in that same type of mold because Jalen Hurts was getting the same kind of criticism like last season even where he was using his legs a lot more than his arm. And, you know, when he was using his arm, there was tendencies for errant throws and that kind of thing. And so if, if I were him, you know, if I'm trying to look to take the next step, maybe try to mold it after him because I have attributes wise similar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what like my last thing on like Justin Fields is that like it started with well, it's even before Lamar, even with like Russell, there's been a lot of like the stigma that black quarterback should be like a receiver or a running back. So, you know, like Lamar, they say he should be a running back. He's like, oh, man, it's pretty good for a running back, though. But like same thing, like Justin Fields just needs to like put in the work. I'm not saying he hasn't put in the work, but, you know, put in more work like both of you are saying and then just, you know, come back. And then just have a good season. He just needs pieces now because like they're getting rid of pieces at the moment. So sidebar on because uh, you brought up Lamar. <laughs> he's like people saying Lamar, but he's not a run or you know he's a running back. Mm-hmm. Lamar's like I'm not a running back, but there is a play where Mark Andrews was under center and did a halfback toss to Lamar Jackson, and <laughs> Lamar got like a 15 yard gain on it. <laughs> why not? I mean, like you can do plays like that though, but why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, we had Dolphins at Lions, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Dolphins. We both got that one right, but it was a little closer than we thought. Lions. Dolphins or Lions had a ten-point lead in that mm-hmm. one, but DeAndre Swift's first game back, he had an instant impact. It looked like. Um, do you like what you saw from from the Lions? Obviously, not at the trade deadline, but <laughs> I mean, they. Uh, um, 
You're a big DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown guy, right? The sun god himself. Like, I, I'm a fan of both. And even, like, after getting to uh, to know that, like, I didn't know that Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown had, like, a brother, Equinemius. Fantastic name. <laughs> Equinemius. Like, with the, but he plays for the Bears. <laughs> he plays for yeah, the Bears. Wide receiver for the Bears. I, I just feel that, like, the Lions, they had a chip on their shoulder. And they were really, like, they were just, they were fighting. I mean, I know they had mistakes, but, like, they were really fighting in this game. So, it's one of those where it's like, oh my god! It's like, oh my god, lions! But it's like, oh, I picked the dolphins though. So dolphins, come on, come on now! Like, come on, dolphins! But uh, you know, Tua's back. They're getting their offense together, and you know, I think uh, like lions, they just, I think they need another off season. I think at this point, because I thought they were gonna like maybe get like give us like a a nine eight or an eight nine season out of the lions, if at least show that there's an improvement. We, Early you know, on in the season, they looked like they were on that trajectory. Exactly, right? but then like things just blew up in their face, and now they're just constantly losing. So, you know. And I think um, you might you might be on coach watch in the line if you're if you're a Lions fan because Dan Campbell, like you know, he he won over a lot of people from hard knocks and stuff like that. But it's a results driven league, and if you don't deliver results, you're showing the door, right? This is his uh, this is his second season with the Lions, right? Second or third season, because yeah. if so I feel like he might get another chance, especially with these other picks coming in. Because hey, they they did a good job with that draft class. Uh, Jameson Williams still isn't playing, but you know, because he had the ACL tear in February, so you're not gonna you could see him next month or late this month. But at this, at this point, it's like why. Yeah, I'm sorry, they got lie. they got Aiden Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think that's his name, right? Aiden yeah, Hutchinson, yeah. Aiden Hutchkins. No, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. He, I think, people have been have been generally positive around him at least to start things off. I don't think he's had a season like you know Miles Garrett did when he when he was a rookie or anything like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think he's been very disruptive from from what I've seen. Plus, they other other guys that they have just you know they're they're investing in their trenches because they got uh, Penae Sewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, at left tackle, I think, mm-hmm. or left, yeah, left, left tackle. tackle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's just kind of miserable being a Lions fan. <laughs> I know, man. Like it's just like right now, it's just same old Lions, you know. So, yeah. Uh, right, next one up, we had um, cards at Vikings. Cards at Vikings. I got Oliver, that one right. Oliver, just take it away. You know, just come on, talk to us. What do you? What Dude, do you what feel? Happened? Man, fumbled on special teams. That's always a killer. Deep in your own end zone. You know, the the wasted timeouts, the not getting plays in, the delay of games. It was just all things considered on paper. It looked pretty close, but I don't think the play or the score refre- reflected the play. The fact that it came down to, you know, the last play was only because the Vikings missed their extra point which is like the most Vikings thing ever that you could, you know, (laughs) the fact that it even came down to it, you know, they could have put this away just by making an extra point. So to me, you know, it looks nice that we were only losing by eight, but that was a, that was a two possession game all the way. They, they also gave him a lot of opportunities to come back down the stretch. Like I remember, I thought I saw cards at three separate drives, like in the, like the closing in the closing half, Mm -hmm. half of the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. Um, And they crossed midfield, I think on all three of the the last one. And they came, and they came down to like turnover on downs on one or two of them, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. they, they they had plenty of opportunities, and you know, at this point, the Cardinals run far and away the most plays, and they're just not getting enough out of them, right? I mean, you would expect with that type of offense that even if you're not scoring, you're at least putting up yards, you're at least putting up stats. But at this point, it's just not translating at all, and that's because like it, it feels like every time we have like a 
third and 21, you know, we're throwing a screen pass to some, you know, five, six receiver from Purdue, like Rondo Moore. And it's like, you know, that, that can only be like successful if you have a running game, if you have, you know, outside receivers that are doing proper blocking. And, you know, I just don't think we're, you know, healthy enough and everything to actually get that going. So it's been a frustrating one, but I think, I think we bounce back just because of the end of the game looked relatively good. Um, but the slow starts are an absolute killer recently. Yeah. And you guys are fielding, you know, Benjamin out there as well. Yeah. And that that's problematic in its own way. <laughs> Cause James, James Connor and who was the other running back that you guys have? Uh, Daryl um, Williamson, I think, or Henderson. Yeah. His. Yeah. yeah so you're, you're going you know, third now. You know, Ben, you know, Benjamin has been doing a real, like in terms of fantasy, he would, he looked really good <laughs> and stuff like that, but I didn't start him. But I think he's, the, the he's the classic case of like, if he can come in as like a spark, you know, a third down back, catch a pass, you know, he can turn it into 12 yards. Like, uh, he's an ASU guy. I am an ASU guy, so I love him to death. But, you know, I just don't think he's the the true three down back. And, you know, Connor is just a bruiser. So I think that's very much what we need because the rest of our offense is, you know, relatively, I'll say, finesse outside of, you know, Nuke. Well, what we at least can say he's pretty uh, innovative in what he does because, you know, number one in innovation, right? So <laughs> you already know, fork him. <laughs> uh but uh i will give uh the play the play of the game that i saw was uh hops one-handed catch he caught that like on like he, he like caught that like a spider-man like, yeah. like spider-man would he just like webbed it and just reeled it in that was crazy yeah um, d hop you can't i mean he's gonna be you know he's good at what he does um no matter still, who's throwing in the ball i, I still remember the sure. quote where like uh it was the cardinals coach at the time was like man yeah. you really like you you like the best like nfl receiver that I, like nfl receiver right now i know <laughs> i know <laughs> i i am well aware Thank you, <laughs> you sense the bitterness in his voice <laughs> yeah. um Anyways, yeah, cards uh, came up short. Thirty-four, twenty-six. Vikings won that one. I got that one right. I'll, and Vikings uh, are six and one right now. So you know, you know that's and funny. With a retooled and retooled at tight end with with Hawk. So, yeah. Um, but the yeah, next with, game, though. Next game, Raiders at Saints. Twenty-four to twenty-four to a, a to a donut. You know, and that, uh, that for the Saints, and we both got that one right. Or no, I, I think I wrote that down wrong. You because I think I put the Raiders. I don't forget what either way. Yeah, I think I think I I think I put down the Raiders as well. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. yeah we it. both got that one wrong. Yeah. I um, got it. I got it. But yeah, that was weird because I remember looking in like because I don't I didn't watch the game. I was looking in my fantasy because I have both Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and I was like, "What do you mean Devontae Adams got one like one catch?" What happened? To, what the hell happened? Like the Saints had their number <laughs> without me watching the game. The Saints had their number twenty four zip. Like, oh my god! Like this this Saints team is the biggest like wild card like week in week out. Like you don't know what Saints team you're getting week over week, right? Yeah. And they, they you come in and they just blank the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders who are fielding a growing pass offense you know that there's been stuff around Devonte adams and like how well he's becoming like acclimated to the raiders offense jane uh josh uh no jo- josh jacobs has like had an, like a renaissance this year he's been unreal mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you can't i mean Derek carr got benched right he hadn't he didn't have a single play in the saints half of the field 
Yep. Like that is just a complete breakdown from top to bottom, right? That is a top to bottom breakdown. I didn't know about that, but it has the to be. They didn't even have Lattimore. Oh yeah, Lattimore was out. Yeah. Lattimore was out, and they completely blanked Devonte Adams. I mean, that's just unacceptable, right? I think that's Very. just. That's I don't know what it is with like the Saints and the defensive coordinator over there. What he does with his like his his unit of a defense, but like man, like they had. They definitely had Tom Brady in, in like the first week this season um, until, of course, like they couldn't score on offense. But my thing is they held Tom Brady down to like a low like Saints defense. Like, don't don't sleep on them. They just if they had an offense, they'll be going some places. But I feel like they're about to uh, after this season, they're about to let go of a lot of people because cap. Alvin Kamara was a name that was getting thrown around as a potential like um, player just, that was going to be yeah, traded. I can it see just, it. It just never happened. I don't know why um, they're trading people off because they know they can't pay everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, because like the 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 scenario I was saying was that uh, Raven or I don't know if this was a scenario or if the Eagles actually inquired, but um, I heard somewhere that the Saints were willing to trade them to the Eagles to get their first round pick back, <laughs> which is which is kind of funny if you think about it. Right, they're not getting that back. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that's a weird one. I mean, this is always going to be the coin toss, you know, when we do our picks. Um, Josh McDaniels hasn't had a good go of things. He's already what two and six? Should we yep. or two and five? Maybe should we be? Mm-hmm. Should he be worried about his job? He might be on the hot seat because, like, well, he might get another season just because they got Devonte Adams and stuff. But at the same time, they could get rid of him and get a new coach and stuff. But my thing is, that's going to basically push the Raiders' chance of success down the way. It's, yeah, it's somewhat of like a rebuild, reload situation for them. But I feel like something's going to have to give. They got to get rid of Derek Carr at some point because. Derek Carr's hit he's hit his ceiling, but I guess they're just not they, things just went wrong. They got out coached this game. That's all I got to say. Yeah, and um, yeah, at a certain point, like there's a lot of like teams whose fans are just completely demoralized right now. If you look around the league, it's it's been one of those kind of years. <laughs> not me. Not us. <laughs> not <laughs> us. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Who would have thunk? Um, Next one up, we had Patriots at Jets, 22-17. to 17. I got that one right. Oliver is the one that looks closest to Mac Jones and uh, Zach Wilson on this podcast. What did you think about that? I am just absolutely baffled that they are still putting Zach Wilson out there when they have Flacco on the sidelines. Or Flacco on the sidelines. Because dad. That, <laughs> that, that team looked so unstoppable at the beginning of the year. And he comes in and, you know, of course it's the Patriots. And I think Bill Belichick just has a hard on for making the Jets life as miserable as possible and coming up with, you know, some ancient playbook to give them a defensive (laughs) scheme that hasn't been seen, you know, in the Super Bowl era. But man, Zach Wilson had some of like Carson Wentz-esque throws that led to interceptions that those are the moments where like one you maybe deal with, you pull him aside, but I think he had three interceptions in this game at Ooh. some point, at some yeah. point, you know, the guy, there were just bad not, interceptions. Yeah. I mean, one was just a half-assed throw that I think was meant to go out, out of bounds, but didn't quite make it. And the defender made a good play on it, toe tapped. But I mean, at some point you got to just bench the kid, you know, uh, but yeah. what do you what what do you think should be done with Zach Wilson? Because I don't know if he's in his uh is this his contract season? This is his contract year, isn't it? I think he's a sec. Is it a second or third year? It he's a first a round pick. Yeah, okay, he's a okay. first round pick, so that's a four year deal with a fifth year option. I can double that check on my end real quick, but um, <laughs> I, I I just feel like 
it's just a matter of what the Jets feel like they have with Zach Wilson right now, right? Because okay, yeah, yeah, not a lot, dude. Not a lot, right? He I'm he not like go about through 2024. So if anything, they can try to keep him all the way and just don't take his fifth year option. So we'll see the what Danny, happens. The Danny the Danny Dimes type of route that it seems like they're going down. Yeah, I, is Zach Wilson as bad as Daniel no. Jones? Daniel Jones is miles better and that's saying something because i don't think daniel i don't think daniel jones is a fantastic quarterback i think he's a very middling quarterback okay when he's actually well if he's not trying to be the hero yeah the past season this season he actually looks decent right but hey but i think the offense has been catered to daniel jones and that catering is stop feeding him a law titans with basically a law titans with Tannehill and such and such so yeah, I don't like I I messaged us I messaged uh, you guys in our in our Discord and I was like, how the fuck is Zach Wilson a quarter a professional quarterback? Because they were some of the most errant, poorly decided throws that I've I've seen in a long time. Like I'm if gonna you, make better throws than what he did. Come on now. Plus, yeah. this man is getting people's mothers. Like, come on. Come yeah, on, I, I, fan theory, Canal's fan theory, Giselle single now. So that's probably why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. Next up, we had Steelers at Eagles, 35-13. Eagles, you know, everyone, everyone, on, planet, <laughs> everyone on planet Earth knew that was going to happen. Oh, A.J. Brown man. had three tuds in the first half. He didn't do much after that, but, you know, if you're up by that much, then doesn't really have to do yep. anything, right? And Steelers went to trade for a cornerback after that game, as you can see, you know, what we talked about earlier. So, I mean, Steelers are just, they have to retool this season and see what they have and who they have. So, that's all they're doing. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's development it's been it's been kind of a journey. I don't like it's um it'll be interesting to see how he, he how we see how he is now. If mm-hmm. he's making poor decisions at the end of the season as well, it might be a little concerning. Yeah. Um but obviously he's still a rookie so you can't put too much weight on it. He's not like in the same boat as Zach Wilson when you're a second or third year player, right? True. And I don't you, I don't care if you take a quarterback number 1 overall or at the end or something like that. At the end of the day, all your players have to develop. Um especially for for quarterback in like the first round, it's a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get out of any of those quarterbacks cuz you know, some people will be like, "How did you pass on Patrick Mahomes when there was a lot of people that were not high on Patrick Mahomes that year?" Who knew after a season standing behind Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes is the man making like half a you know half a billion dollars. Andy Reid knew. Who would have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if if, uh, if we're talking about that too, like um, you know we were talking about Josh Rosen earlier and how Cardinals basically cut ties with them after one season because they kind of saw what they saw and didn't like the product. Maybe maybe Jets should have been in the same boat. Maybe they're a little bit more optimistic. Maybe Zach Wilson has a little bit more upside. I've seen zero to indicate that but you know i'm happy it's to like be, saying sam darnold is the truth somewhere somewhere <laughs> call of duty i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah madden uh, probably but you know yeah uh next one up we had titans at texans 17 to 10 titans we both got that one right it was a lot closer than we first thought malik mm-hmm. willis got his first start with ryan Tannehill out um he had he had some rookie boneheaded moves but otherwise he looked rock steady but i think that's because you had Derrick Henry running the damn ball. <laughs> Derrick Henry versus the Texans has always been a show. So if if you ha- if you're not aware, Derrick Henry's back, back, just back. <laughs> I'm just glad we're not. Oh my gosh, we're not facing them <laughs> right yeah. now. Oh my that, god, he's like uh, he had. A, I think he had 185 yards rushing, mm-hmm. and there were some there were some very Derrick Henry type plays in that in that um, in that game. You know, the type where he just runs over people. People are making business decisions on whether to tackle him high or low. 
<laughs> or just tackle at all, like with um, you know, Josh on the Bills, right? Oh <laughs> Being yeah, quarterback of himself. Oh man, that, yeah, that, that guy too. Yeah. Um, commies at Colts, seventeen to sixteen. Commies. We both got that one right, but that, that was, was a close, really game. close game. So Sam Ellinger, uh, Hook'em Horns for uh, came from University of Texas. He, uh, yeah, okay, Oliver did a horns down. I don't really care about Texas football, so I just say it. <laughs> I'm just here for the vibe. Hey, 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 you know you can't do the you know the hook down on the horns. It's actually you know very offensive, sir. Yeah, did you, you see know, the yellow it? flag that just threw? They got thrown. The ref, the ref came in again. <laughs> Isn't the bathroom oh. with you? That's a little weird. <laughs> just come out the shower. Like, beep beep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sam Ellinger got the start. Um, Sam Ellinger looks pretty good. Like for his first start, you can't say it. it I mean, they're already at the bottom apparently now out of nowhere. It's because they yeah. benched Matt Ryan, who they have to still pay out fully this season and next season. I think he's getting like a total of like 40 something million <laughs> without <laughs> playing. Like Colts are paying so much for quarterbacks that aren't on the team anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, Sam Ellinger looks like he has a good start. Even uh, Pat McAfee was saying that he, even though we lost, like I enjoyed watching Sam Ellinger out there because like he brings that spark to the offense and then we'll just, it's his first start. So let's just see where it He's goes. He's got that here. dog. You got that dog in him somewhere. <laughs> Uh, Oliver, it was Taylor Heineke's first game and back, I think, as a starter. So, like, where do you think that team is heading from there? So, obviously, he had the, the game-winning the game winning touchdown in a situation you and I were talking about uh, before we got on. Um, it was a situation. It was like a one-yard line quarterback draw. It's a situation that Carson Wentz would have thrown some boneheaded left-handed pick. multiple. He's done that multiple times on the Colts. But, you know, now that they got Tyler, Taylor Heineke back in, I think it was Ron Rivera's guy from the get-go. But... Carson Wentz was forced on them. What do you see from the commies going forward? I mean, I think you you just have to go with Taylor Heineke, to be honest. I mean, it, like you said, Wentz is just one of those guys where I think you guys made this point in one of your earlier, you know, episodes. And it was like, if you were to Thanks just watch, if you were to just watch like the <laughs> highlights of Russ some years, you would see like all these like amazing plays. But if you watch the game, there's so many like shortcomings, you know, stalled drives. You know, you guys keep on harping on that you know, longer drives, third down conversion point now with Gino. And with, with Wentz, it feels very similar. Like you see these flashes of a player of what people I think think he can be. And I think coaches are just very, you know, oh, he must have been coached wrong or with the right scheme, I can extract that out every play. But at some point, I think you just have to realize like, that's who he is. He'll win you a game here or there with some heroics of not going down and you know put the ball in his left hand and then back again and hurl it downfield but most of the times that just leads to turnovers right speak and up, that's what, up, what kills your game tell, tell him in the back tell him in the back for everyone to know because we you do know that like uh there was reports saying that the owner dan snyder was the one that overruled everything and said hey go after he made hands. after he made guarantees to ron rivera to be you know not involved in any football decisions whatsoever just who the quarterback is. That's yeah. it. I'm just going to go get this one quarterback, even though Taylor Heineke actually showed promise. We're just not going to put him on the field. Oh, for sure. And I mean, if you have a stifling defense, like, you know, you had the Legion of Boom all those years where you can cover for a mistake or two as long as you can come back down, you know, later in the fourth quarter and make that heroic play. I just don't see that with the commanders, right? It's not like, you know, you're not scared to face that de defense necessarily. Maybe with Chase Young coming back, that changes a little bit, but. I just don't see how you can go back to Carson Wentz after, like you said, 
you know, the right play was made at a clutch time and gave them the win. Like that's just a immediate net win that I think doesn't happen with Wentz. And, and personality. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. I was going to say that Rivera also like put Wentz under the bus accidentally that one week where he was just like, you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone in this division is like they have a guy that they build around, they invested in, and da 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 da. And I'm just like, he's speaking facts because Carson Wentz just came this season. It's not like they are building around Carson Wentz's like strengths or anything. It's just you got to work with what you got. That's the comment. yeah. And uh, there are like. Um, there were reports, you know, early on that, you know, why is Carson Wentz starting to struggle? You know, back when he was with, with the Eagles still, I think people were saying he's kind of self-centered type of personality. You know, he doesn't really gel with his teammates. Um, Taylor Heineke, I don't get that vibe from him at all. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't seen anything that would suggest otherwise. And I think the team really rallies around that. And I think that might be the uh, the difference maker is that, you know, when Taylor Heineke's in, it's like when Geno's in for, for the Seahawks, right? Everybody's throwing, going through a brick wall for him. Yep. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, Taylor Heineke time moving forward. Like you said, Oliver, um, commanders get Chase Young back. He's coming back from a pretty bad injury. So hopefully he can come back at full speed. Um, big, big, uh, big asset coming back on that defensive line. So. Mm-hmm. It should it should make that defense a little scary when you only have like half a second to throw the ball. <laughs> uh, next one up, we had 49ers at Rams, 31 to 14, 49ers. That was close for that first half, if I recall right. It was. Right, it was. But um, eventually the 49ers said, like, wait, we have CMC. Hey, CMC. Go play. You know, can you, can you actually can you actually throw a ball? Like he's yeah, like Pablo like, from backyard baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so accurate. Basically. So it's just like, yeah, CMC, go in there and uh can you, you know, run a touchdown? Can you catch a touchdown? And also can you throw one just because for shits and giggles? <laughs> yeah, he he's really the complete back. I think the only the only thing I come out of that game is, you know, we don't play the Niners for like I think another four or five weeks. Maybe he gets a little dinged up because <laughs> that's the only thing I could. I don't know how you stop the guy. Yeah, like You got to have a dedicated player on him at all times. I mean, if they keep up that rotation of running backs that they do with, well, I think Debo Samuel was out this game too, but like, you know, when and now Jeff Debo, Wilson isn't there. So, yeah. So I don't know if they'll still like, I don't, they, you can't necessarily make CMC like your offense, unfortunately, because of those injury woes. I don't want like CMC to be like, yep, hamstring or, leg injury or ankle injury and all that type of stuff. So we'll see what happens, but this is like a good sign. So like last week he didn't really do much, but this week it's like, okay, yeah, thank you for giving us a week. Um, CMC all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that it'd be a a race between the 49ers and the Seahawks for the NFC West. I think the 49ers are going to edge us out, but I don't think that means that we're going to miss the playoffs. So we'll see how, we'll see how things go. Um, Packers at Bills, twenty-seven to seventeen. Bills both got that one right, but um, the Bills came out like you know came out firing in the first half. Seems like they cooled off in the second half. I didn't watch most of the second half, but you know it seemed like they were feeding Aaron Jones a lot in that game, which is a step in the right direction. Finally, because like you have both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the backfield. AJ Dillon's like. A monster of a like not even a monster just he's just very big as a running back and you're telling me you're not passing him the ball you're not passing or running the ball which they did finally because like the first half of the game they're just like let's try to throw nothing's working nothing's working you know this and that right 
And the next Aaron thing Jones know, like, ended with Aaron like Jones. 150 yards or something like that. Yeah, Didn't he have like a crazy number of yards? This, Aaron Jones that. Aaron Jones this. And then it's like AJ Dillon here. And, you know, give him a breathe. And I'm just like, hey, congratulations. You just remembered you have two really good running backs. And also the fact that the Packers during the trade, as all Packers fans know, they don't do trades. They don't do anything like that. They literally just do everything through the draft. And I know the Packers Twitter was basically just hot because like they know they needed a receiver. They hot is an guy. understatement. <laughs> you needed to what? Talk those guys off a cliff, dude. They were like, why? Why, God, why? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. at this point, I feel like Aaron, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers because I know he signed another like a two or three year contract with them. So we'll see. But like, it's funny how they just did not invest in wide receivers throughout like the past five years until very late. Like this, literally this past draft, they're like, I think we need to get a receiver. Is that what, should we? <laughs> but yeah, and so they have, uh, I think his name is Christian Watson, came out of South Dakota State or he North Dakota State. Game too, I believe. Yeah, he went out with a concussion. That guy can't stay healthy. And that's. Oh, Romeo Dobbs too. He's a. Romeo Dobbs. He had a, he had a, he had a great catch. I think I'm one of those. He, touchdowns. He, this is actually one of his productive games because before he was on the field for most of the snaps, just didn't get any production. I know because I have him in fantasy. Don't mind me. <laughs> it always comes, who do you not have on your team, dude? <laughs> I have like a 400 person <laughs> roster. It's, it's funny. <laughs> it's a one person league. <laughs> it's funny because it was my ESPN, I think, league, if not my NFL league. It got totally drafted by the computer. Like over half of it was drafted because I came in late and I was like, oh crap, I forgot I had a draft today. And I actually picked up some, like, on the NFL side of things, I have Austin Eckler and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, we're good until, like, you know, injuries or something like that happen. But it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to win something. But, yeah, that, that's how I kind of keep up with, especially, like, the Packers wide receiver situation. So they just have a lot of young guys, and they're just not clicking. That's all yeah. I see. So, I mean, Packers, you know, there is some concern. But they, I did like some of the steps they took. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we'll see because Matt LaFleur is definitely uh, with at least with the fans on the hot seat because it just seems like they signed Aaron Rodgers for the sake of re-signing Aaron Rodgers without any any they have semblance no, of a plan. They don't trust Love. They don't trust Jordan Love yet. And it's just one of those weird things of like, just put Jordan Love out there a whole season, man. Like let None of the quarterbacks that probably came out of this draft were, you know, NFL ready. They needed some time to develop. I kind of feel like that's pretty much every draft season unless like you have like the perfect coach, the perfect system and all that type of stuff. So, you know. Just yeah. Last game we had Bengals at Browns, thirty-two to thirteen. Browns. We both got that one wrong. I'll be honest; I didn't I really watch you. the game. I knew it. I, said, <laughs> I think I had a hint in my head, like Browns might get this because the Browns. What did the Browns do? They ran the ball. And Nick Chubb had a day. Nick Chubb had a day, and uh, another him. fun. Another he's fun. Him. He is him. He's Hemothy, if you will. You know, like, him University. Him University. <laughs> <laughs> but like one fun, funny story. Um, I was uh, so I was mentioning these guys in the Discord as well about fantasy because literally this is the last of game. Course. <laughs> in the fourth quarter, I needed like literally just like one point four eight points. I just needed that I had Hayden Hurst, right? And I had Hayden Hurst on the Bengals, and I was just like, please, oh my gosh, please. It was like literally until like the late quarter where it's like, oh yeah, I have a tight end, throw it, throw it. And then I was like, okay, good, we're good now. And I even like gave that guy, I faced a message, and he was just like, well, I didn't know DK Metcalf was injured. If I started him, like, that's okay, but you lost. So, you know, just deal with it. <laughs> it's, it's people, there's always people like that too. I play a lot of golf, and, you know, everybody's like, well, I shot an, I shot a 95, but if I did this here and did that there, I would have got a 72. And I'm like, all right, well, you didn't because you suck. <laughs> um, let's, uh, so that wraps up our week eight games. Should we uh, rapid fire through our picks? We could add Oliver to the mix. 
Yeah, I guess. All right. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, I, I didn't even, I don't, besides what I know of what I know, I didn't do these. Did we literally myself. guess this? I'm guessing oh, right now, live. Let's go. Actually, like, uh, before we go into that, so that uh, week eight, I won. So that puts me at four, oh, and one. Uh, Adam, it's, it's starting to. <laughs> Adam, you can, you know, I know you're trying to write a comeback story here, but, you know, you're starting to dig yourself. I got my own Gino. I got my own Gino MVP like moment coming soon. Don't. It's coming. Just stick with me, fans. Just stick with me. Overall, you're 37 and 37 now. So congrats to getting to 500. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm at 51 at 23. So uh, the the, the ones that I got wrong were the Jags, Raiders and Bengals, which were all kind of like, who would have thunk? Who would have (laughs) thunk? Um. All right, look. Let's look at week. Uh, let's look at week uh, nine games. We'll just rattle through them. Um, we don't have to go into too much detail. So we Eagles at Texans. I think everybody's. Let's just put down Eagles all around uh, yeah, for you. Yeah. H time. Oh wait, we're, we're going Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down for you. <laughs> now we're going to. You are no longer invited back. <laughs> all right. This is this next one. Chargers at Falcons. Who you got? I'm going Chargers on this one. I'm going Falcons. Okay. I'm going Falcons too. That's a, that's a straight up 50-50 though. I, I like what I, I I mean. I feel like the uh, Chargers D is sus. You don't know what you're going to get, and it's always fun. I don't fun that think way. they're sus in the fact that like they're going to be as bad as like Lions or Seahawks early in the season, or Lions throughout the season and Seahawks early in the season. But at the same time, I feel like Justin Herbert facing Mariota, and if they can contain, especially of a, you know the defense who they have on the D line and stuff. That's just all I got. That's all I have. So, Hey, this is one of those ones where we're starting to like, Ooh, this can like between Adam and Canal, and especially now with Oliver in the mix, we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, next one up, we got dolphins at bears. I don't, Oh I don't my gosh. Bears. Of course. I'm kidding. Dolphins. I'm bears. Yeah, dolphins out there on that. <laughs> oh, hey, Adam, how embarrassing would it be if Oliver comes in week eight, week nine and beats you? <laughs> how embarrassing would it be if he beats you sir no i'm kidding yeah. he don't have any picks right now so it doesn't even matter uh that'd be funny we, though uh panthers at Bengals. i think everybody's got Bengals in this one it's yeah, funny Bengals. because i've seen Bengals go on their low end too this season is, so jamar chase is out that's the and uh he is T. Out. higgins as well i think right Bengals in the end of that i forgot to say in the end of that game they start like the reason why they are at 13 was because like oh wait i have t higgins he started throwing towards t higgins towards the end of the game i'm just like oh hey you have a receiver uh <laughs> i am let me think here i'm gonna go bangles I'll, I'll say bangles only because like panthers are like letting go wholesale their players i will see if i'm wrong i don't mind being wrong on that one yeah what about Bengals. you, uh, Oliver? You said Bengals? Okay. Gotcha. Bengals all the way for me. Oh, I will erase mine. There we Packers go. at Lions. This is, this is pack I, all day. I, I, I got Packers. This is, they just traded away Hawk, dude. <laughs> we forgot about that from the beginning. <laughs> you know what? I'll say Packers, but I would not be surprised if Lions pull out a surprise win. Aaron okay. owns that franchise. He might as well move in with the Ford. Yeah, he did. Point. And Packers did beat the Lions last time around. So, if, yeah, like, did they face each other. This is their second time facing each other, right? This season, I don't know. Uh, I can double check, but I think yeah, I'm still gonna go Packers. Just that's like the safe pick. The fun pick would be Lions, but that's if they could put anything together. Hey, nothing's yeah. holding you back. It's all you, Adam. No, yeah, no, no, so- no. I'm Packers right now for that <laughs> one. Raiders at Jaguars, though. This is. Ooh. Do you think Derek Carr will come back and like, hey, we that was a bad loss team. He has a come to Jesus moment with his team, and then they're going out there. 
I don't know, man. They've had a lot of come. I've had they've had a lot of come to Jesus moments. Jesus, stop (laughs) listening, bro. God's not here. (laughs) God, don't pay attention in Vegas, bro. Uh, That's okay. I'm gonna go Raiders on this one. They're gonna make a comeback. Not like a. It's not gonna be like. I still say it's gonna be a very close game, but I think they can pull a win out, especially if they actually run the ball with Josh Jacobs, and then of course you know utilize Devontae Adams, please. Yeah, please, please utilize that man. <laughs> he, he looks sad. <laughs> oh my gosh! Next one, Colt that Patriots. I, I think we all know where this is going. That's a Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, Patriots all the way. Um, have Bills at Jets. Bills. Bills at Jets. Yeah, that's, that's a Bills because, like, if it's Zach Wilson at the helm, like you, you know, we are all just talking about. But I can't on this one. I'm sorry, Jets. <laughs> what about you, Oliver? Uh, Bills on this one. Zach that's Wilson might might die, but. Zach Wilson might die. I think they might be better for it. Uh, Wait, they used to have a guy like Michael White or something like that that came in last year, too. I just remembered him. He was like, he was, yeah, he's like the third stringer now, but he was balling out or not balling out, but he had good games. And, you know, that is something that Zach Wilson has not had. (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe we'll get get something from him later on in the season. Um, Vikings at Commanders. Vikings. Is the let me see Vikings and I can see when the time is okay. So it's not like a prime time game. Vikings, <laughs> you gotta check. You have to check. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Kirk Cousins has always failed in prime time games, and to this day he has not. I don't think he's won one. If not, he might have won one game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Seahawks at cards. Card we're, gonna go, we're, we're, go, we're going down <laughs> card hawks. <laughs> we're, card going, we're going down party lines on this one. <laughs> uh, well, the, how about the next one though? Rams at Buccaneers. That's a tough one. I got, I got Rams. Oh man, I think they. I think you have a Tom a Brady truther, and then of course you have your <laughs> NFC. You then you have Kadal. Like I think Rams are just going to make a comeback. I'm going to also go Bucks on this one because. Okay. I feel like the Rams can disappoint yet again, but there yeah. are two teams that are disappointing their fan bases right now. Anyway, so this was definitely like one of the more 50, 50 weeks. This and is so like, like yeah, very sure. likely like, things could change leading up to Sunday, but Rams, you know, or bucks don't have uh, Sha- uh Shaq Barrett. That's a big loss. I mean, obviously they still have like Vita V and those guys. You mean, uh, bucks don't have uh yeah. Bucks don't have uh Shaq Barrett. Yeah. And so that's a big loss, but Vita Bay and still those guys. So Rams won't be able to run the. Actually, I might change the pick right now. It's okay. Rams aren't going to be able to run the ball, but uh, I'll keep it at Rams for now, and then I'll I'll see how I feel. Titans at Chiefs. Chiefs. This is a tough one. Titans always feel. I feel like like I'm putting down Chiefs, but like Titans put always your, figure out a way to weird these. Put your buddy where it's at, man. Say Titans. What's wrong? With you? I gotta I gotta let you get a week or, or win one week, so I might change it to Titans. But I wouldn't be surprised if Titans win. But like, they, they believe Mike, in Malik Willis like that. Like, you know, if Malik Willis can do it, get it done against the Chiefs defense. Because if, if if they get Derrick Henry going effectively, like that that'll be a dominated game. You're not going to be able to get your your receiving yeah. threats in. in I'll give you that I mean, one. Mike Vrabel's done this time in and time out. How much do you trust the Titans defense, though? That's your question. Yeah, that's your question. But <laughs> if you run if you're running the ball really well with Derrick Henry, you're not you're keeping your defense off the field. The best I mean, defense is a run game. Just all you have to do against a rookie, look, all you have to do against a rookie QB in the case of like Malik Willis, just stack the box, have a QB, um, a QB spy in case Malik Willis wants to run, and then just make him throw the ball. Yeah. And who are their re- I don't even know who they're receiving targets. Exactly. Are. <laughs> they, they do have a, a rookie receiver. Um, I forgot his name, but they basically replaced AJ Brown. Oh, they got Robert Woods, I think, too. They yeah. got Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees. <laughs> <laughs> who, who you got in this one? Uh, for me, it's Chiefs, but this has 
all the makings of like that game that the Chiefs lost against the Colts, like the inexplicable loss oh, where it's I like why is <laughs> why is nothing going right? Like I might switch that, but for now I'm Chiefs until until I see different. So I yeah. got this one. So we have a Ravens at Saints. And no, which, what Saints team are we getting this week? That's all right. I want to know. What Ravens team are we going to? Are they going to choke a fourth? They're not at home. Lead? They are not at home. Yeah, you're. Yeah, at that's the, where they choke. The dome. You're at the dome. So, but do you trust the Saints' offense right now? That's going to yeah. be a loud ass stadium. That's a Monday night game at the yeah. dome. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Saints on this one. Like the defense is gonna like basically frustrate um, Lamar, and then we'll see. I don't. It's up to the offense with the Saints to you know to pull through for them rather than their defense. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna actually just be like the coin flip on that one. Say I'm gonna say Saints. What about Man. you, Oliver? If Mark Andrews plays, I'd go Ravens, but I think he's questionable right now. So I'll, I'll put in pencil in Saints for now because I think. Until you think, uh, message in the Discord and be like, yeah, can you switch it, please? Yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews just is such a big part of that offense. I just don't see how. He goes under center for them. Mark Andrews and Bateman, that's their receiver. Rashad Bateman and Edwards, their running back, went out. So a running back, a yeah. wide receiver, and your tight end went out. Okay. Yeah. Um, that wrap. I think that's all of our matchups for Week Nine. Um, so we're getting towards the end of the show. So any any parting thoughts, Adam? Oh yeah, let's get into it. So DK had the poop interview now, where he actually explains, <laughs> you know, what really went down when he was on the cart, right? So uh, this was with uh, one of the hosts from the Good Morning Football. I forgot her name, but. Um, essentially it was like, Hey DK, what happened? And he basically explained that like, I actually had to go take a number two. I was talking to my receiving coach and um, uh, I'm talking to like a receiving coach, like, you know, and stuff like that. And I said, Hey, I got to go. But then he said it went away for like 10 to 15 seconds. And that's when they went on the field. Uh, That's when the offense was on the field. So it came back, but he's like, luckily we got down to the, luckily we got a touchdown too. And at that point, everyone's talking about a cart this, cart that. I said, no cart. But he said, if you if you know that stadium, if you know the stadium where we were at, that uh, that locker room and that field are like, it's a long ass walk. He said, I'm not taking that walk. I had to have the cart else I would not have made it. And then the, funny, <laughs> the funny part of it is two things. One, Pete wanted him to do it on the sideline. Uh, because what was the player's name? Uh, Larry something. It, it was coach, special teams coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Larry Izzo. <laughs> Yeah, and when he was on the Patriots. No, not the Patriots. Was it the Patriots? Yeah, he's on or? the Patriots. Yeah, he, he actually got away with uh, defecating on the sideline without anyone noticing, and he got a game ball for it. Yeah, right? Bill gave him a game ball for taking a dookie and no one noticing. <laughs> I don't think, you, and you know how much attention DK Metcalf has, especially how tall and big he is. He wouldn't yeah. have gotten away with it. He said, I don't even like Larry like that because, you know, that's a special team skill. And I don't want to be Larry in that moment. And so he got on the card and left and the other funny part is they were like wait a minute weren't you mic'd up in that game he's like yeah the nfl <laughs> nfl films had they like i'm pretty much beholden like if they want some more footage i have to do it because they got all of the footage of him going to the restroom yeah that that's i'd hate to be part of the nfl films i know they were just like with the headphones just like oh. <laughs> you just get all the bass coming through <laughs> right um so that was like a funny thing. And I'm glad that came out. And they were, I think the final part of the interview was like, hey, you just let us know. Like, he's like, I'm probably just give you a thumbs up or something if it's that again. But, you know, that was just a funny moment that went viral. And then um, the final part, 
or my final send off note is that John McVeigh, the father of Sean McVeigh, passed at 91. Um, for those uh, fans that do not know who John McVeigh is, um, he used to coach. Uh, he was a coach for actually, let me think real. He was a, he was a, a American football coach, not NFL. Um, he actually went to the New York giants in 1976, but then uh, the 40, but he was very famous for when he went to the 49ers, he was known to be like the architect of success for the 49ers. So he went there from 1980 to 1994. He was the, uh, uh, the vice president of football administration there. Then he was a, uh, a special assistant to the president in 95. And then finally, 98, 99, he was a GM. Um, definitely was there for those Super Bowl runs and stuff like that. So he definitely contributed, you know, uh, rest in peace, uh, John McVeigh. And then, of course, you know, sending out prayers to Sean on that one because, I mean, no one wants to lose their father. But, hey, he, you know, he's lived a really good life. And I think he was with the 49ers around 22, 23 years. So, uh, yeah, that's all I had. Nice. And uh, Oliver, thanks for joining the uh, joining the podcast all the way from Europe. It was great having you on. Any last thoughts from you? Thanks for having me on. I mean, it's been a blast to see behind the curtain. Um, I guess my one thought since we're, we were on the topic of trades uh, today is I'm so glad the Cardinals were able to get DeAndre Hopkins before the major boom of wide receiver, comp- not compensation, but trade compensation, because we essentially got DeAndre Hopkins, and this is also largely in part because of Bill O'Brien and his ineptitude as GM, but we paid basically the same amount for Nuke as the Bears gave up for Chase Claypool. And um, going to bed with that thought is going to be, you know, giving me the sleep of a baby. So I hope he terrorizes. Both top three receivers. I don't know what you're uh, what you're going on about here. Top three on their team for sure. <laughs> or in their minds for one of them, maybe. But, you know, I'm not one. To, hey, if you think really good of yourself, nothing wrong with that. I think yeah. he gets like 18 targets this weekend against y'all. Um, I think it's just going to be absolutely disgusting what stats he puts up. I don't. Not on the left side of the field, though. He only, li- he only lines up on the left, so I guess it's going to be a good match. Reek Woolen versus DeAndre uh, Hopkins, so yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to see that matchup. I know both have been absolutely stellar um, so far, so I think it's going to be a really fun game, and I hope we can we can recap it. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, last the, the last, last game, I think one of the things that we forgot to mention is that we didn't have a lot of penalties be- uh, in the uh, Seahawks and Giants game which is a first for us. And I think uh, there was a stat. I think there were three total penalties, 25 yards. 15 of those yards came because Pete Carroll got a flag for sideline infraction because he was out there celebrating and the ref ran into him, which is one of the most Karen type of flags I've ever seen thrown. (laughs) But the best part of that was that the ref said uh, flag, uh, the, the flag was on the coaching staff of the Seattle Mariners. So Seattle Mariners... We're watching you. You can't be doing that. They're actually relevant, right? Yeah, they're relevant. <laughs> hey, hey, Mariners are going to go to the World Series one of these years. Watch. Why not? They, 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 they play one pretty of these, well. for sure. <laughs> one of these. <laughs> you will go to the World Series in a year. <laughs> in any year. <laughs> all right. And with that, that's all from us here at the Misreps Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at our handle, Missed Reps. And we hope to see you again next week. Peace. Bye, y'all.